There we go. Now we're cooking with propane and propane accessories. And we're digging where the taters are. Yeah. Is that a you? <laughs> I've heard the only person I've ever heard say that is you. <laughs> I heard it from somebody else, believe it or not. Because we used to call you Chucky Tater Sacks. Right. And then that was going to be my catchphrase. And I used it once after yeah. we said it was going to be my catchphrase. <laughs> we were talking about how I'm watching, I was watching a video when Chuck walked in about <clears throat> how movies nowadays look too good they're too perfect and how a lot of people are going dirtying up everything like the batman is one of the best looking movies i've seen it is in 20 years i think they'd be better off if they went back to film you know i think i'm surprised no one hasn't demanded to be on film yet you know well he can if he wants to oppenheimer was that on film it might have been i know it's it looked like it was on film let's look it up it's uh, streaming on Pe- Peacock right now. I'll watch Peacock. It. I'll watch it probably tomorrow. I need to. My, my mom is fascinated by it, wants to see it. I'm just going to go ahead and rent it for her so she can watch it. Shit. I keep spelling was wrong. Zoppenheimer. Shot on film. Oppenheimer was filmed in a combination of IMAX 65 millimeter and. 65 millimeter large format film. We nailed it. We knew. That's why it looks so good. Yeah. That's what the whoever's doing this video is saying. That guy's like Dennis Denis You got to talk from the back. You got to talk like you got a hockaloogie. Well, I've been taking French. I've been teaching myself to speak French with Duolingo, and it is a lot of that, dude. Yeah. He's talking about how Nolan. Merci beaucoup. Denis Villeneuve. Um, <laughs> Matt, is it Matt Reeves, the guy that did the Batman? Matt Reeves, yeah. Matt Reeves. Mm-hmm. And going all the way back, like how they look, their movies look good because mm-hmm. it looks like a real place. Right. Whereas everything's shot. I don't want to use Barbie movie. as an example because Barbie's not supposed to be a real place. Barbie's an awesome movie. It I works. I, I bet it works for it. Like the, the, all the digital things work for it good. perfectly. So, oh, it was a set. They yeah. built they built a giant retarded set. That's what I liked about it. And the, <laughs> I've it heard funny. it's a good movie. It's funny. I yeah. like. It. Uh, I need to watch. Um, it. Gosling got nominated for Oscar. Yeah, and it's causing him a big stink. Why? It's Be- not his movie, the, and he sh- outshone everyone because the patriarchy. Oh yeah, because the patriarchy. patriarchy's so crafty. They fucking they fucking let a bitch make a movie about a fake bitch, and then they put one of our generation's greatest comedic dramatic. Everything actor, yeah, and talent, just fucking just steals talents. it. He stole the movie. I guarantee he it. stole it. There's a song and dance number in it. Yeah, the song he sang is winning an Oscar. It's great. Yeah, <laughs> but um, like the question, one of the questions that the guys, why does Saving Private Ryan from 1998 <clears throat> look better than All Quiet on the Western Front or Hacksaw Ridge is the one that they use Hacksaw Ridge. And it's a. I don't know about that. All Quiet in the Western Front r- looks pretty good. I mean, it may not. Eh. It does. It does have a digital feel to it. it you do, know what I mean? It do. It do. It do. Indeed. 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 It do. <laughs> it's still awesome. Oh fuck like, yeah! Yeah, it does have a digital. It's feel. like the Star Wars movies. One of the things that immediately turned people off, myself included, 
is that in that first frame, my brain knew this was different. So therefore, it was it was it was not giving me it was not stimulating the the centers that the original Star Wars movies were. Even The Empire Strikes Back, as shitty as a movie as that is in a lot of ways, and I'm sorry, Star Wars guys, it really is not that good of a movie. It has two good scenes in it. Um, it still looked like a Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. The Empire Strikes Back is. Oh, fuck. Absolutely flawless. I mean, it is the most flawless fucking thing. It might, it's up there with best movies ever made because of that film thing. You know? Yeah. I mean, it just looks. Not only does it look great, I mean, more movies. Well, that's the, that's the subject we're on. I'm not going to go off on that tangent, but it just looks gritty yeah. and big. Everything looks kind of fucked up and weird. Right. It's everything looks like used. Yeah. Like all the ships look used. See, that was one of his original. Mandates is that he start. He said Star Trek always looked everything was shiny and it looked like it was you know new. He said I want things in my movie in this universe to look used, and that was the way Star Wars and The Empire Strikes Back and even Return of the Jedi to a small extent looked. But then, and I think he did it purposely, and it was not a bad choice. He made all the stuff in the prequels look shiny and new a little little better because it's a better world then yeah the the empire had not come yet and like wasn't you know draining the shit out of everything game of thrones everything looks kind of like it looks amazing but it looks like everything's been a little bit rubbly Mm -hmm. a little bit fucked up but if you go and you watch the house of the dragon oh they're on they're 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 at the height they're at the height of the targaryen dynasty um god we 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 need not to we need to like dance around Game of Thrones or we'll be here for fucking oh, four good. hours. <laughs> it's coming. Dunkin' Egg, buddy. The winds of winter are blowing. The winds of winter will be out this year. Late this year. That'd I'm, be great. I'm predicting it. Late this year or early next year. And that's what that like is like the in the note. Or middle of next year or in the next year. <laughs> Can you imagine how massive that fucking book's gonna be? It's gonna be pretty big. Tad Williams' last book. No, he's he's he wrote two more. He he has the George R. R. Martin thing in him, but he finishes books. Oh yeah. Um, he's got one coming out next. I mean, this coming November. And I'm fucking excited about it. See, Tad Williams, as much as I love him, has now become my George R. R. Martin band aid. Like, no, well, no. if I can't get George, yeah. I got Tad, you know, and Tad's going to put out a thumping good fucking tail, but it's not going to have Barris in the bowl in it. It's just not going to. Yeah, it's not so. going to have the Khaleesi, it's not going to have John fucking Snow. It's not going to have the fucking big bucket wool who might be the greatest fucking character in the whole fucking thing. Speaking of, <clears throat> where's, uh, where's, uh, where's, uh, where's, uh, the King of the North? Um, where's his will? Remember he wrote his will, naming John his heir? And he sent three groups to three different places. One of them was his group that went to the Red Wedding, and we know what happened there. One, You're talking about Rob made yeah. John his fucking heir. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we forgot I'm doing the that. blank. I'm blowing the blanket in the teeth, everybody. We forgot about that. No, I guess we did. <laughs> that throws a major fucking cog in everything. It really do, and in, a, in the best fucking way. John could end up. You know what I think might happen. He, George might do. A, uh, you know what I think he's taking so long is he's throwing out everything from the fucking show and he's rewriting it and he's going to say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make it th- so that the realm is shattered at the end and there's seven kingdoms again. You know how fucking awesome that would be. 
It'd be perfect. It'd be the perfect end. Be like the Targaryens are gone. Their like will never be seen again. He's like even the Targaryens we have aren't really Targaryens. So what we're going to do is you are now you're the kings in the king's landing area. We're going to have the king in the north. We're going to have the or no, they should do it this way. The king, the the, the seven kingdoms are on the precipice mm-hmm. of collapsing, which they have been for however. Absolutely, long that's, that's exactly happened. what should happen. Is that they 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 are in an easy an easy alliance. It will be exactly like Daenerys said it would. As much as I hate to give her credit, I, you know, I like her and everything in the in the book in the show. Don't care for, her. and um, they really fucked her up in the show. Well, Amelia Clark did as good a job as she was given. I mean, she's a fi- fine little actress. She's she really. Pretty. She does not have the steel. She does not have the steel in her. When she does something, it sounds petty. It sounds peevish. You know what I mean? I can't even think of anybody. Like, of course, they're a young Kate Blanchett. A young Kate Blanchett would have been perfect. That would give me a time machine. (laughs) Exactly. And let's take her back. Yeah, she would have been. That would be wonderful. Yeah, let's get Helen Helen Mirren from 1963. Fuck yes, Jinx. (laughs) (laughs) Helen Mirren from 1963. Let's do that. She would have been perfect. Oh, fuck, she would have been perfect. Let's get uh, Raquel Welch to be fucking Cersei. No, no. Cersei? She can't act worth a fuck. Raquel Welch could be Cersei. She could be smarmy and a bitch. No, I'm thinking of a good actress. Uh, if you could teach her a... a uh, and she's hot. You know who could be... If we're casting for this... Hey, this is a nice little fucking rabbit hole we'll go now. You know who I think should play Cato and Stark if we're doing this? Gotta be a redhead. Um, <clears throat> Oh God, we're going way back here. I know I can't think of her fucking name. She was in Twin Peaks. No, no, I'm better off dead. Um, no, not Diane Franklin. I was thinking Diane Franklin. No. I thought we were doing like a callback from nine years ago, <laughs> <laughs> like a really deep long, cut. deep cut, a really long fucking. And that's the end of the joke. Bye, everybody. <laughs> yeah. The show's over. Bop, 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 bop. <laughs> beep beep. Um, no. It would be there's two choices. Okay, if we're gonna if we're gonna do okay, let's do this. If we're gonna do this the thing, let's do the thing. All time casting choices, any era, to be the 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 Hall of Fame Game of Thrones cast. I'm gonna go. I was gonna go for Anne Margaret as Catelyn Stark. She's pug nose. She's perfect. She's she's Amy Adams. Is Amy Adams Stark. is a good Catelyn Stark. But you know who's better than that? Rita Hayworth. I gotta look up Rita Hayworth. I know the name. It's just been so. Rita, look her up. Rita Hay- Hayworth in Zelda. If you want to see Gilda, Gilda is the name, and you'll you'll see the shot of her. Because Catelyn Stark is supposed to be a piece in in the show in in the in the book. She's a piece. She's real fucking hot. It's just Cersei is much, is much hotter than her because Cersei's the hottest woman in the world. Gilda. Yep. Okay, I'm in. There you go. You have me at hello. Now, if we're going to do that for Cersei, look up Veronica Lake. Veronica Lake. This sounds like a fake news person from an '80s movie. Speaking, we're on this right now, mm-hmm. but there's another one I want to get to from it. <laughs> Veronica Lake. Yep. Veronica Corningstone. Veronica Lake, American film actress. Hello, nurse. Is that Cersei or is that Cersei? That's pretty. That yeah, she looks like an absolute cunt. She was an actress who she had this beautiful hair, and she cut it. She could also be <clears throat> Daenerys. She's got the white hair. She's a little taller. Daenerys needs to be short. Yeah, for Daenerys, because she's, she's twelve. 
when the thing starts. Fifteen. You might. Yeah, you're right. Um, well, they bump her up to eighteen on the show. They mm-hmm. bumped everybody up like three or four years. Yeah. Okay. Now Ned Stark. Ned Stark to me is Sean Bean. He can't he be anybody is, but Sean fucking Bean. He's pretty fucking good, man. He's pretty fucking good. Um, but Bobby B, Mark Addy is pretty fucking great. But I'm if Love we're him. if we're casting to type, if we're casting, I need to about type, eight more inches and about forty more pounds. Right. So who do we have? That could, an old, <laughs> an old Henry Cavill. Maybe with a little bit of a beer gut. He's, he's about six he's four. A, is he that tall? Yeah, he's a big dude. Robert's about 6'6". Six, six. All right. Um, okay. The Undertaker. A fat Undertaker. About 6'9". I was thinking, more. now if we're going to go down that route, Kane. Yeah. Imagine him with a big beard, and if he could act. He probably can't act. But I'd say he probably really could. He's actually perfect. He's exactly what Robert would need to look like. For Sir Bron of the Blackwater. Bill Burr. <laughs> what are you going to do? You're going to storm the gates. You're going to bring in your little fucking ram. Give me three good men. I'll impregnate the bitch. <laughs> I was thinking of, you know who I was thinking of? Sir Brendan Tully. Sorry, I was thinking of the Blackfish instead of Sir Braun. That is a way. Bill Burr as Sir Braun is a fucking stroke of genius. But he's also funny as, as, as fucking. He could probably Br- sing. Because we know Braun loves to sing. Oh, yeah. He's in. Um, He's in 1923. Careful there. We don't want to get uh, rattled over those pretty white cloaks there. <laughs> <laughs> He's in 1923, the uh, prequel to... Uh, Bill Burr is. No, not Bill Burr. The guy that plays Braun. <laughs> oh. I thought I got you excited. Or, I'm sorry, I got you excited. Ah, fuck. Speaking of that, the Taylor Sheridan, I read somewhere that he got the rights to make either a movie or a series of Killers, or um, not Killers of the Flower Moon. Empire of the Summer Moon about the Comanches. Mm-hmm. I've got that book. I need to read it. They were savage, buddy. They did not tend to fuck around. They didn't. They were an empire, and they were. I have come one eighty from what I thought because the more you learn about history, we'll have to come back to that. I was going to say we're going to come back to the casting thing. Should we come back to it? Let's I'm just, having fun with it. Okay, let's just run through them. Okay. Okay. My picks are for, I'm going to stick with them. For Catalan is, uh, Rita Hayworth. is Rita Hayworth. Mm-hmm. For Cersei is Veronica Lake. For uh, Ned, Sean Bean. He sticks. He stays. Uh, Kane is Bobby B. Um, but as reference to what you said earlier, Renly, Henry Cavill. Book Renly. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Who's big, <clears throat> handsome, dashing, the most as as Sansa said, the most handsome man she's ever seen. He he was more handsome than Jamie Lannister. Jamie Lannister, Whew, that's a rough. One. That's a tough one to replace because he's pretty good. I'm thinking blondes. I'm thinking Mark Paul Gossler. <laughs> no. <laughs> Yeah, we could get them all in there. We could form the Zack attack in Westeros. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a tough one, man. Because now I'm now there. That's almost too broad. Because now I'm scanning my fucking in, in mental rolodex of all these actors I love, trying to think of the perfect guy for it. <sighs> think of handsome, blue-eyed. 
you know what? Brad, Brad Pitt. Pitt. <laughs> That's exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Brad Pitt. He could do an English accent, I'm sure. He could do well, the Pikey accent. Okay, if we're if we're doing this, then we have to. There's some things we have to do. Is this is a f- complete fantasy? Then we have to assume with the casting of the type that they're going to have acting coaches and they're going to be flawless and they're going to turn into performance that nobody thought they could turn in. Right? If we're going time traveling, then we can also do fucking you know yeah. accents and shit yeah. like that. Because Kane playing Bobby B better than Mark Addy. Mark Addy. And if he had six more inches of height on him and was a more of a monster, is the perfect Robert Brown. Yeah. He absolutely inhabits the character, especially in the one scene when him and Cersei are drinking and they're having the discussion. He's like, who's more powerful? Uh, what's more powerful, five or one? She's like, uh, five. Five, one. I mean, he... The best quote about Robert, God damn, we're going to turn this to a Game of Thrones That's po- fine. podcast, is when Stannis, they were talking to him about Stannis getting into Winterfell, and he said, your brother, he said, we all know what my brother would have done. He would have he would have rushed in, he would have cracked open the gates with his hammer, and then would have killed uh, Roose Bolton while he was, you know, just saying that Robert, he's like, I'm not Robert. Nobody here is Robert. You know, he's the only one to be able to pull that off, that absolute dash. He's an Alexander the Great figure. You know, he's a Richard the Lionheart figure who his audacity and fucking just force of personality can overcome making a massive tactical blunder just by sheer force of personality. You know, that takes a person of rare fucking just just chutzpah. You know what I mean? He's just got it because people are going to be behind him like... Fuck it, we're going. He's just like if Robert's in the front, we're fucking going. You know, it's the fucking king. <laughs> he's like fucking running. And he's getting fucking. He's shrugging off fucking arrow shots. And he's picking up guys and throwing them off the fucking wall. You know, he's the guy who does that shit. Stannis, while an excellent swordsman, and he really is, and a big strong man in his own right. Probably Robert's height, not as big, but he's definitely Robert's height. And him and Renly and 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 Stannis are all of a height. Um, so. But just doesn't have that monstrous strength and build, you know. Renly was b- as broad as Robert, but he's a little bit more slender. I can't think of anybody else to be Stannis. Stannis. Um, if we're casting book Stannis, who's as dry as the guy that plays him? That guy is pretty fucking great. Yeah, I like him a lot. I can't think of anybody else for Sir Davos. Davos DeVito? No, no, no. Da- I, I, I like Davos, but he's not. I, I, I'm thinking of somebody more of an everyman. You know who I'm wanting to insert? I'm trying to. I've, I know who I'd get to play Blackfish. I know right now. Gary Oldman. Absolutely. That fucking scene where he, which, the, by the way, no reason to cut that short, where he slaps fucking Jamie Lancer across the face with a gauntlet and says, me and you right here, this will settle the issue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he said, I'd like for that. And then he just calls his bluff. He's like, spare me, sir. I've seen that hand that you have. You're not any fucking good. You know, just mm-hmm. talking shit to him. It's one of the best scenes of the entire fucking book. Not least because you love Brendan, but at the same time you love Jamie for sticking to his guns. You know what I mean? And then being the ruthless son of a bitch he is when he says, I'm going to, I'll give your, when he's telling, um, Edmore, he's like, you know, I'll give you your son from a catapult, you know, all that shit. And he would have done it. Mm-hmm. Um, so who do we have for Jamie? We had Brad Pitt. Uh, that that sp- scene between him and Gary Oldman would have crackled sparks. It would have, They would have chewed the fucking scenery up. Um, Catalan, uh, again. Uh, Rita Hayworth, Veronica Lake. Kane, Henry Cavill. Sir Barristan. 
<clears throat> the guy who plays him is pretty good. Yeah, I enjoy him a lot. But he has more of the gravitas as opposed to the athletic talent. I want somebody con- to combine both. I want somebody who look like an old man who can whoop a lot of ass. Hugh Jackman circa like six years ago. A little bit young. I'm thinking somebody more oh, somebody like, in their 60s. Hugh yes. Jackman probably is in his 60s by now. Yeah. Um, and also, he's more of a... Hugh Jackman is more of a savage. He always plays savage roles. You know what I mean? He's got that thing. You need somebody who's like, I'm thinking, if we're thinking Westeros Captain America, I'm not thinking Chris Evans or anything like that. I'm thinking somebody of that ilk. Um, Chris Pratt. No. <laughs> Chris Pine. Chris, all the Chris's. <laughs> Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> no. Chris Hemsworth. He would have a role in there somewhere, though. He'd be a Kingsguard guy or something. He'd be one of the... He'd be fucking Lamy. He'd be a Targaryen. Oh, yeah. That's a good... He'd be a fine Targaryen. He'd be Rhaegar in the flashbacks. Um, As long as he wasn't all jacked up. Rhaegar wasn't known for having a super muscular build. Rhaegar. You guys think that... The, or do, do you guys think that... <laughs> talking to the audience. Yeah. Send us your answers. <clears throat> think that all these guys get tired of being so jacked. Like... Having to do this all the time. Well, I mean, they don't have to. They don't take the hard way. They always take the easy way. But I mean, it's still very hard <laughs> to get that jacked and that svelte, that fucking dehydrated all the time on camera. Fair enough. I mean, especially Hugh Jackman, who sixty something years old, probably. I've they've wrapped principal photography for Deadpool three, and mm-hmm. Ryan Reynolds is extremely happy with he it. Posted a picture that's of his a, dick. That's a good sign. That he's that he's happy. He's with. also he was also happy with Free Guy. I, I'm just free, saying, Free Guy was had a lot of good points to it, and it's some okay points, but it was just a reference fest. Hey, look, Marvel. Hey, look, Disney. Well, that's what it was meant to be. I mean, it, it was very annoying. Well, okay, but the, the same guy directed Deadpool three. I know that sucks, God. but he also was a producer on Stranger Things, right? So give him, dude. But he didn't direct any of Stranger Things. Uh, didn't write any of it. This is, I'm trying to temper your expectations. It's, See, I, I like when you, I don't know whether I like better, whether you're pushing, amping me up to just to, to just watch it crush me and laugh at it, or you're trying to dial me back. Either way, I'm happy. <laughs> Either way, I'm happy. Like, if you if you love it, I'm like, all right, sweet. If you hate it, I'm like, all right, sweet. Because you know it's going to be a good show, because I'm going to yeah. sit there and talk shit, of, to either go on and on in glowing terms, or just absolutely savage it. Um. I think it's going to be fairly middle of the road. I think it's going to be... It also could be dope. I think it's going to be really good. I think it's not going to be existential. I think it's going to be really funny, is what I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be more of a comedy than it is anything. I hope they say the N-word at some point. They're not going to do that. Oh, come on. (laughs) Apparently, they're getting back on the right track because they've scrapped Daredevil. And they're starting all over again. Yeah, and they're and, and they're, bringing everybody back. Yeah, they're bringing Netflix Daredevil completely back. Like it's going to be that's a good Netflix idea. Daredevil. Netflix Daredevil ruled. Yeah, it's the best th- best show they put out. See, I think that somebody finally got through and be like, guys, you can keep pushing. You think it was us? This podcast? Do you think it was us, or do you think it was the people <clears throat> on YouTube that have millions of subscribers? And I think and, it was us. I think it was us too. Yeah, I mean, because we've been talking about yeah, this well, for yeah. five years exactly since. Since in game, <laughs> we're the secret tastemaker. We don't even know. <laughs> yeah, we undercover tastemakers. I think it's because I have a 
a hilarious, ironic Trump flag hanging up behind you. <laughs> and they somehow know about that, even though there's never been a video of it. There was a picture of it, and everybody thought that they'd got me in some. I was like, are you not getting the context behind this, you fucking morons? Anyway, um, who's okay. playing? Um, Sir Barristan. Sir Barristan. Lou Ferrigno. You know who's a good one? Sean Connery. Fuck. Sean Connery, 15 years younger, because he's been dead for a couple years now. I'm thinking Sean Connery circa uh, 1999. Highlander. Okay, 80s? Yeah. Okay, there can only be one. Apparently somebody's remaking that. Henry Cavill's on it. I'm in. Me too. Even though the first one you know who I heard? is a pretty damn fucking good movie. I heard, I might be wrong, but I think it's the guy that does, that's been doing John Wick that's making it. That could go either way. It could be. Absolutely. Either way, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be absolutely <laughs> absurd, but it's an absurd premise. Okay, so we got Sir Barrison out of the way. I think Sean Connery is a perfect choice. Um, Let me pick one. Sean Connery. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, and I've landed on um, pig vomit. <laughs> You're just making comedic picks. You're not taking this seriously. Wouldn't it, Paul would it, Giamatti would is Would it not be funny? <laughs> For Paul, <laughs> Paul Giamatti to be the greatest swordsman in Westeros. <laughs> Paul Giamatti, you know what his bet? You know what he would be great at if you were just going for this. He'd be great as fucking uh, Grandmaster Pycelle. <laughs> he actually sitting in there in that beard, just just over it. You know, to- <laughs> this man's not a maester. <laughs> He practices witchcraft. <laughs> oh God, Cersei, they're not gonna love it. Oh God. Um Who's next? Rob. Rob Stark. I like Richard uh Richard Madden pretty well, but he to me didn't seem like Rob. Rob needed to be younger. He needed to be have a he needed to be like a big like strapping lad who was he, he couldn't see doing what he was doing. That's one of the things about the book is that Rob was doing these things and they came out of left field because you couldn't imagine Rob doing them because he was a child, like a, one book ago. And then all of a sudden, he's slaughtering people at Oxcross. He's out thinking Tywin Lannister. Because he's, he's taking Jamie Jamie North. It, well, and he's taking Jamie Lannister in fucking battle. He was, had Rob, it could have gone either way. If you're fighting Tywin Lannister, you're in, it's scorpions in a bottle. Mm-hmm. And he is. The guy didn't wipe out three entire families for nothing. You know, it's not that he didn't, but he was getting older and he had lost his edge. He wasn't Tywin Lannister from, let's say, you know, when he dealt with the uh, the reigns. He wasn't when they, or the uh, who was the other family he wiped out. There was the reigns and there was uh, the Tarbex. He right he he wiped out the Tarbex and the Starks in turn. But um, you know, uh, by the way. I'm not changing that Tywin Lannister. Charles Dance fucking slaughtered I was, it. I was going to slap you if you decided <laughs> to change Tywin Slaughtered Lannister. it. Um, okay, <clears throat> Tyrion. We got no choices. I think that uh, with the right... Um, they actually joked about this. I think with the right prosthetics and stuff like that, and seeing him being such a great actor, Warwick Davis would have killed as Tyrion. Oh, yeah, he was good. Because he's a really good actor. And he's got the British accent, and he can be biting. See, Tyrion, for one thing, let's just 
get down to brass tacks. I like Peter Dinklage. I do. But his English accent is atrocious. It really is. Um, it's a, it's just a Tyrian accent. He just made his own accent. Uh, right. But I'm saying that imagine that dialogue with Cersei coming from Warwick Davis when it's when it's from a place of just disgust and things like that and the things he can say. Because him in um, Life Short is great. Life's too short. Yeah, I mean it's it's a great. He's he, I'm imagining that bringing that to it where he's just sometimes an asshole. Um, Stannis, yeah, I'll, we'll stick with. Uh, I can't remember the guy's name. He's Fred. been he's been lots of stuff. Um, Liam Neeson needs to be in there somewhere. Liam Neeson would be a good Ned, but he's not Sean Bean. He's too big to be Ned. He's even taller than Sean Bean, I think. Liam Neeson would be a pretty good Bobby B. If he hit the gym a little bit. Yeah, yeah. and put on some weight. Yeah. But I'm thinking him more in line with, you know who I think he would be, you know who I think he would be great as? You'd have to do some Victorian Greyjoy. No, he's not. Mm-hmm. He's not me. Donald Noy. Donald Noy, Donald Noy. Donald. He's one of the pages or something? No, no. Donald Noy is the blacksmith at, at the oh, fucking yeah, yeah, wall yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. who killed the giant as the giant was crushing him with his fist. The one who who made the best fucking analogy about the the, the Baratheon brothers. He said, he, he of course, a blacksmith going to liken him to metal. He said, Robert's the true steel. He said, uh, Stannis is iron. He's hard and he's strong, but he's brittle and he'll break. Before he'll he'll break before he bends, and he said, and, and Renly is copper. He's pretty and nice to look at, but he's not worth much at the end of the day. Those are all. That is a great fucking quote. Some of his his dialogue is absolutely perfect. I mean, One of my favorite pieces of dialogue from the show and the book, even though the show they switched the people that got killed, um, was right after that. Whenever John goes to the wildlings, he's in there with um, Mance Raider. Mance Raider. And Mance Raider gives this long list of accolades for the giant that just killed Wigwad and Winman was the last of his kind, blah, blah, blah. The king of the giants will. And he just says, Donald Noy was a blacksmith. <laughs> and that's it. Well, yeah. And also, the thing about it is, Mance Raider knew who Donald Noy was. Of course. And he was just like, yeah, and basically saying he's a good man. You know, so um, he took the black because he got his arm cut at the siege of Storm's End. And uh, and it petri- and it putrefied, and he had he just had him cut his arm off, and after that he just took the black and went north. He's one of the few men to voluntarily take the black. He wasn't a noble, but he was as good as a noble. If you're a blacksmith in in the employ, and you're a good blacksmith in the employ of um, of a great house, you're essentially a noble. Yeah, you're indispensable, right? Um, he's the one who uh, forged Robert's Warhammer, one of the most legendary fucking weapons in all of Westeros. It's not even made of Valyrian steel, and he fucking forged it, and it and it stood up to Valyrian steel. So that's that's quite a feat, you know. Um, Rhaegar, that's a tough one. We've already cho- already chosen Henry Henry Cavill for Renly, but if we could double cast, mm-hmm. it would be you know. Um, this could be an ongoing thing because we're gonna have to we're gonna have to research some picks. I think 
Jon Snow is um, <clears throat> Timothy Chalamet. That's not a bad I choice. I know, it's not a bad choice. <laughs> He'd have to gain some weight. He, he's perpetually going to look like he's 13, so. Well, yeah, so that's not a good choice. John has to be tall and kind of rangy. You know, he's slim and quick, where that's Robert. When he just, they described Rob as being big and, you know, he was a, the Tullys are big men. Um, they're not big like Robert and them, but they're they're big men in their own right. Um, casting the mountain is virtually impossible. Rory uh, Rory uh, McCann as the Hound, even though he does not look anything like the Hound in the book, that's a hard, that's a tough act to fucking follow, man. Yeah, I mean, even and he's too old. You know, the Hound is a young man. He's like twenty two or something, maybe even twenty one. See, that's the thing about that world. It's so savage. You have to grow up so quickly, you know, and the, and you're a man by the time you're sometimes by the time you're 10. So if we were to recast the hound, the guy that plays Jack Reacher, that's not a bad choice at all. Cause he's very good. He really is. Um, he's probably too w- with, with the scar. No, the hound's a big fucking dude, man. The hound is a big, and if you, dude. if we can't do that, then we can put him in as the mountain. He's too small to be the mountain. Jesus Christ, he's 6'9". Still too small. <laughs> that actor is 6'9"? He seems so big. I have no... He's, not, sc- he's, screen, not, he he's not that tall. Probably not. He's probably 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. So I'd say 6'4". Um, that's a good choice for the for the hound. Um, Arya's perfect. You can't... Maisie Williams kills it. Can't think of anybody else. Uh, Sansa, again... Uh, she does else. really well. Bran, good. Um, this is gonna. This what is, about uh, Helen Reed's kids? I can't think of anybody else from that no, because they're pretty uh, great. Yeah, exactly. Joe. I mean, Jojen is. He's exactly like he's. Did they eat the Jojen? Is that a theory? Is where would paste Jojen? No, I don't think. Is so. that how? Bran was able to hook Weirwood up to paste the, is made from the seeds of the weirwood tree. There's a big theory going around about Jojen paste. No, no, it's made from the seeds of the weirwood tree, and maybe a little bit of Jojen because he died right there. Maybe his blood. I don't know. Um, weirwood paste is people. <laughs> I bet you it's uh, somewhat the same substance that the uh, that Pyatpri and them use. It's got to be. Well, it's. <clears throat> I've seen a theory about this. They have a different type of tree in uh, Essos. Essos. And it's kind of the same thing. And they make uh, a different type of hallucinogenic out of it. Seems to be a much darker one. Yeah, much Seems worse. Like, yeah. The, I love going back and reading that part of the book and, and trying to pick stuff out. Pick her visions. And also the visions when when Drogo was dying and Miri Mazdor is in the. Stannis was in there. Rob was in there, and um, all I see is snow, something like that. Some yes, but if you remember, dancing in the flames was a man on fire. Stannis, mm-hmm. uh, a giant wolf, Rob, and an antlered man, Robert, probably. Mm-hmm. Or or, uh, fuck, his son, his bastard son. Not Rin, not not Rinley, not Edric Storm. What's the other <clears throat> one? What's the bastard boy? Um, he's a blacksmith. Yeah, the boy that ran all the way from the from the middle of fucking. That was absurd. 
He's still running. That was really absurd. That was where I was like, they've lost it, you know. I mean, it's still- It was a good episode, especially when the dragon, when he brought the dragon back from from the death, that was pretty awesome. Yeah. I mean, and having a a zombie dragon was a a beautiful counterpoint. It's just like, but I like the fact that the fucking Drogo made short work of him, actually. I mean, it came down out of the clouds and snatched him up and fucking- like tore basically tore his face off. Who are we getting to play Euron Greyjoy? Can't think of anybody Instead else. Instead of Candle- Candleton Greyjoy, can't think of anybody else to play Theon. Theon's good. He's um, good. Euron. See, that's a big casting because he'd had a lot. Actually, if, if we're doing the if book, we're, if we're doing the book. It's a big fucking. It's deal. a big cast. We can't get this guy from fucking Sweden. <laughs> we need a big. That dude. guy was terrible, man. I don't think it's his fault. No, but. They, I mean, I've seen him in other things, and he's been good. He's not a bad actor, but just what that's they not, gave him. See, Euron is supposed to be this insane psychedelic insane. fucking. He did you did you see the theory that I sent you that he it was a a three eyed crow and failed? Yes, and then he was one of the kids that that Bran saw his bones at the bottom of the thing. Jesus he's Christ. not dead, but that's all the people. That's the that's the the depiction. In the in the vision of all the people that have failed, and he's one of them. Jesus. So yeah, that makes him that much more terrifying because he knows all that shit, and then he's he's constantly taking that uh, nightshade. Nightshade. Yeah, that's the hallucinogen from across the sea. Yeah, mm-hmm. constantly getting fucked up. Plus, he has like magicians and shit around him all the plus, time. Plus, think about this: he painted the decks of silence red because people to hide the blood. From his kin who kill people and rape people for a living. He That's their killing, whole deal. Exactly. He was killing too much for them. They're like, whoa. <laughs> like, hey, man. <laughs> what are we doing? We're murderers and reavers. I re- get ripping their tongues out. They can be a little bit yappy. <laughs> We're murderers and reavers, but you're taking it to an unhealthy level. <laughs> you need to sit down and talk to someone. <laughs> here, talk to Arian Greyjoy. <laughs> God. <laughs> he was a good character in the book, too. Yeah. Um, Asha's good. She, that's a good casting. I can't think of anybody else. Um, what about Osha or whatever her Yara? Yara? Asha is Asha Greyjoy. Asha, Osha, Osha is, is the, the wildling. Is wildling woman. That, that one's pretty good. I liked her a lot. Yeah, she does quite. I've well. seen her in other things too. She's in Harry she's Potter. Real good. Yeah. Fuck, I'm I'm ignoring a, a, a major swathe of actors from those movies. Um, if for one thing, David Thewlis has to be in there somewhere. I might even choose David Thewlis to be grand uh, to be a. Uh, Meister Lewin. You know who oh. David Thewlis is? Ooh, who's going to be uh, Meister... Uh, Pycelle? No, Meister uh, Eamon. Meister Eamon would be... Can't be another guy besides that old creepy man. He's pretty fucking good, man. Kill the boy, Jon Snow, and like, let the man be born. He's so good, when especially when he delivered the fucking most heartbreaking line other egg. I dreamed I was old. <laughs> then he just dies. And I couldn't get, and I couldn't get warm. He fucking does. God damn it! Those that was a good change from the book. I think. I think he said that in the book, but I can't remember. He said something to that effect. I mean, he he did say something. I couldn't get warm, or something like that. Um, Sam's pretty good. Can't think of anybody else. No, he he does great. Um, Grin. That kid does a really good job. Seems like such a retard. I know, but he's big and strong. He's supposed to be grand. Is supposed to be. It's one of the things I liked about him is hey, he went. From, they call him the Oryx because he's a big, slow kid. But by the end, he was one of the strongest men on the wall. 
Like when they were throwing the, the frozen fucking uh, barrels full of water and uh, it might have been stones or it might have even been fucking metal and they were tossing down the side of the fucking mountain to wipe out fucking dude. Can you imagine the, the destructive power that shit falling down on you? And he was picking them up and tossing them. You know how fucking strong you have to be to do that? Pretty, pretty strong. I mean, I've picked up 200 pound kegs of, of um, track bolts mm-hmm. and I'm the pretty much the only man on the crew that could do it. So that it's, it's probably significantly heavier than that. Um, so I'd say it's an easy four or 500 pounds. Um, and it's not on a bar, you know, strong man shit's different. You're picking up shit that ain't waited for you. You know what I mean? You know, all these people, well, I can do this. Like, that's great. It ain't meant to be picked up. Can you pick it up in fucking nature? You know, that was one of the things I loved about the railroad is, yeah, you know, everything was about not balanced. But anyway, um, let's come back to this one. This will be a, this will be going to play Mance Raider. Mance Raider. I enjoy the guy that played him. Actually, I'm going to take, I love that. that he looked vaguely, um, native American. He looked Celtic. His name's C.R. Hines. Still, he had the brownish skin like a Native American type guy. Well, a lot of Irish people have ruddy skin. I'm not saying you're not right, but as a matter of fact, there's a theory that some of the original inhabitants of the British Isles are Inuit, and that they bred in with the Celts when they came. I got into a massive argument with somebody who I called the Irish the indigenous inhabitants. They're not. I was just like, for all intents and purposes, man, they are. I mean, what the fuck? But anyway, um, you and your arguments. Well, my arguments hold water, and people think they don't. Um, but it, he was just being peevish. He was being an asshole about it. He didn't. He didn't like it on racial grounds. He 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 was thinking that no white person could be indigenous anywhere. That was basically his whole point. Then how do we get them? Um, well, which theory do you want? Oh God! <laughs> which, which one's the dumbest? Here's the dumbest one. Okay, the black Muslims. Okay, and the this is already retarded. And the black Israelites, who are both two of the stupidest groups of people ever. Um, they're racist and bigots and all that stuff. They believe, and this is something that Farrakhan has repeated, by the way, that we were created by a black Frankenstein, uh, Doctor Frankenstein, essentially, and that we were created by mixing us with the animals. Hmm. And that we had originally had tails. Why'd they make us so powerful then? See, that's the thing. We were, it's like this, it's the story of this. He was like a, an, an evil character. And because he built us for war and do things like that, then we, and then we, they're being punished for it. They believe that horse shit. And um, that's why they get the thing cave dweller and stuff like that. Every time you hear a person from that side of the aisle who's racist say cave dweller, they've heard that fucking horse shit. So. You know, that, that's basically what was being thrown at me is that you're indigenous to nowhere. You people are nothing but a pox on the face of the earth. And people say this to you openly. So, you know. Find out their real names. I, I laugh it off. I mean, it, it's absolutely. Have fun getting it sounds It sounds just as stupid as the Nazis thing saying they're coming from fucking Atlantis. It's just as dumb. I, but, uh, you know, albeit, I will say this, it is a much more entertaining story. I actually, in an argument, said, actually said to somebody, I was like, that's a really cool story. If you're thinking of a completely bullshit fantasy thing, that's a brilliant fucking creation. That's a good jumping off. That's an orc. You Basically, we were orcs that were created. <laughs> that's what fucking, and the, and the Trollocs in fucking... Uh, in the wheel of time, they mixed humans, 
with animals to create the Trollocs. And basically, that's what they did with elves as well. They, they mixed this with wyverns and... <laughs> Some shit. I don't know, man. But it was sandworms. It's, it's Let's mix universes yeah, right. here. Uh-huh. It's an extremely interesting wyverns, sandworms, and trollocs. I was actually, to, as a fuck you to them, I was going to put it in my book. <laughs> like, hey, this is what you believe, and I put it in a fantasy book. What a bunch of dumbasses. Um, and then I was also going to do the trope from the Nazis too, like fuck to like Bill Burr says. If I'm not pissing off everybody, I haven't done my job cor- correctly. Piss, piss off both of the dumbass races on each side of the aisle. But anyway, um, that leads us into a, another thing. We can let's put the Game of Thrones things. That's something we can talk about. Uh, <clears throat> well, we'll change casting every time we talk. Well, I was going to say this before we leave. I want to take back a casting. The Blackfish Gary Oldman's a good idea, but he's a better idea as Mance Raider. He is a better idea as Mance Raider. Yeah. The Blackfish. He's the perfect. The Blackfish plays a much more prominent role in the books. Yeah, and, it, and you know who really would have been a good one? And he always took the role. Brian Cox. Brian Cox would have been tremendous. Fuck yes. They offered it to him, and he wouldn't take it. Brian Cox would have been tremendous as so many different people. Yeah. He actually has said, they offered me a role, and I knew when I, because I'm casting to type, I knew once he said who they were fucking offered for, it was the Blackfish. There's no way it wasn't. So, um, Ian McShane was great. I've got my oven on. Oh, to heat it up Ian bit. McShane was fucking great in the roles he played. Yes, but he I'd was. pick him for something else, something more prominent. Because he had, you know, why he, he took that role because he had turned down something earlier, and then he wanted to be in the show, so mm-hmm. he took the he took the septum. I um, could see him if he was younger. I could see him as like uh, he'd be a finger. good blackfish. If he was younger. He, you know, he'd, he'd be a good little finger because he's so slick. But he's too. Warm Littlefinger needs to have a real edge to him where you just don't like him. You know what I mean? He's, that guy's perfect. He's man. the smart ass fucker who's really smart that everybody hates because he knows it and he throws it in your face. You know what I mean? The guy who plays him is great, man. I don't like his voice. His voice doesn't suit Littlefinger. His, Littlefinger's voice needs to be more smooth, not so gravelly. You know what I mean? How about Varys? Matt Penfield? I don't know, man. That guy who plays Varys is fucking awesome. As a matter of fact, he's a better character on the show than he is in the book. In certain parts. They make him too effeminate. They make him too mincing and things in the book. I liked how how that guy, uh, Conleth Hill, I think is his name. He's an Irishman. I think he plays him so fucking well because he's so good at it. He's so good at the getting the digs in. You know what I mean? And then, the, and then being... When he's being trying to be genuine, he really is genuine. Like, Varys is not a bad person in a lot of ways. He's trying to. When they when Ned Stark asked him, "What do you What do you want? What do you want? You know what? Who do you work for?" He's like the realm. Somebody has to, and that's he really fucking means that. He's seeing everything collapse into chaos, and he's seeing what we've discussed: the collapse of the Seven Kingdoms. Him trying to put. Uh, um, Fagon on the fucking throne is not an effort to gain power. It is, but it's also an effort to to have things work. Be like, guys, with the Targaryens in power, things worked. He's trying to bring back the days of Duncan Egg when the realm was at peace. And the worst you had to worry about was, was some the Blackfire Rebellion. Well, <laughs> five of them. <laughs> but by the end, they had almost reached their end. You know, they're. What I, I one of the things with Duncan Egg is it's going to run into the tail end of the war uh, to the beginning of the War of the Nine Penny Kings. Mm-hmm. That's going to be fucking awesome. Where you have he so, needs to finish those books too. I know, man. God, he's going to leave. He's going to leave behind so much. 
that's going to be fertile ground. Dole it out to somebody, you know? Tad Williams would be a perfect one. Yeah, let him have the... Brandon Sanderson, I like. Um, I'm sure it would be an honor to like to write I think, two or three novellas. I mean, come on. Well, you know Give me an I, outline and I'll fucking do it. Well, I mean, I Not think me. they should open up to... Uh, it should be a writing contest for young writers. Like, what do you think? Could you... Could you finish this? Could you write, you know, something? And I think a lot of great talent will, be, will come out of it. But I also think that if we're, we're going for sales, and I also think Stephen King would throw his head. In Stephen them. King would definitely. He loves the fucking Game of Thrones book. He loves them, and he despises the Game of the Wheel of Time. <laughs> he thinks they're so fucking terrible because he talks shit about them when him and George R. R. Martin were talking. He's like, I didn't want to read your books at first because I'd read the Wheel of Time and I just, I, 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 I didn't like it. <laughs> just tried to be nice. Um, basically doing the same thing that Bill Washington said when they asked him about Jim Davis <laughs> Garfield. He said he's consistent. That's what he <laughs> was. What he said. He was trying not to slam him. Anyway, um, we uh, that's that's a really good subject. I think that uh, we can keep casting for that. Uh, the Adventures of Duncan Egg are. I, I, I'm wondering who they're going to get. I'm really nervous about it, actually, because I think it's, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do with it. We're not going to know who either of the actors are. No. It's going to be people we've never heard of. Sure. People from I hope theater. they cast a type, is what I hope. Um, By that time, see, it's a really time, weird time for the realm, because the Targaryens are not what they were, but they sit where they were, they were firmly in power. And this show's going to be jammed. Packed full of Targaryens. Sure. There's going to be one also, on, on the screen almost every scene. Also, they're going to have Targaryens that have bred in with Dornishmen. Mm-hmm. Baylor Breakspear, his mother is Dornish. So you're going to have to have Latino actors who look Spanish, not Mexican. You know what I mean? They're going to have to step up and be... Baylor Breakspear was dark-headed and not swarthy, but he he, he was looked like a Dornishman, kind of. Um I've tasted the Dornishman's wife. That was a good fucking. Um, it, I, I can't wait. I think it's going to be good. But again, I'm I'm scared about it. I'm not scared about it. The casting. Just, that, I just hope they don't <clears throat> hire a trans black lesbian to play Dunk. Just get a big dude. Get a big dude that's kind of retarded. Just just cast him to type. Cast him a big blonde, sandy headed. You know, looks kind of homeless. Well, no, just looks Jacked. like a yeah, just looks like a you know a big dude you'd see that that looks he's got a kind air to him. He's just a kind person, you know. Um, I don't know, I, but I, again, I'm scared to read it because it took me years. The guy to, that played Dick on Tarly would be good, but he's already been in the show. But they've reused people. He's not before. he's not bad. I mean, he he's he was, a, he's very tall. He's very huge. Yeah, he's not a, he's actually not a bad choice at all. He's a little old maybe. It's, yeah, and he's also a little bit too handsome. Dunk has a big thick jaw and a big thick neck. He's he's more of a he be he look more like a farm boy than a nobleman. You know what I mean? He's a, he's common. He's a common person. People don't think that's a thing. It's a thing. There's a there's a common look that it is it is even subconscious when you look at something. You you can say that person looks Regal. They look, you know, something like that. All the Targaryens they chose and the Valerians look regal. They don't look like common people. That's the truth. You know, both those brothers, the black dudes, were handsome, very regal looking men. You know, great choices. Um, and also, uh, but I like Patty Constantine because he does at the same time. 
but he's kind of a goof in a way because he's just such a sweetheart. He in our age, he'd have a train set and he'd have a little hat he put on when he was playing with his train set. Well, obviously because he's got the freaking model exactly. of Valyria. Exactly, he would be that guy. He would be the king who them trying to get him to kill that deer. Or it was a deer, wasn't it? The white heart was sad. He couldn't even deliver the thrust. He was not. It would have been worse had he known that. So you have to lean into it if you're not that. You know what I mean? Like if you're a king, be one thing. Like we have to go and do this. I don't have to go and do that. My job is to do this. You guys go kill that and bring it back, and I'll consecrate. My job is to rule. You are not to tell me what my job is. I'm not a hunter. I'm the king. See what that is? Being what you are, but also not being that thing because you're not embarrassing yourself by trying to be that thing. I'm being this thing. And if you don't like it, there's the door. Or I'll, you know, off with your head. Not in a mean way. Like, it was a it was a good scene where uh, the Valerian guy talks shit to her. Instead of pulling out his dagger, a more kingly thing to do. And I, and I, I like that they did this way because it, he was trying so hard even being so sick, he should just said, seize him off with his head. No fuss, no muss, no argument. Send the King's guard out, seize him right now. Bring him over here. You take his fucking head off. Does anybody else have anything else to say? It was a moment where he could have been King and he allowed Damon to be King because Damon, they knew what Damon was going to do. That guy knew everybody in the building. That guy knew what Damon was going to do. He just thought he might've had a chance to defend himself first. That's a great fucking scene. A great fucking he says we lean to the sword and he can keep, he keep his, his tongue. tongue. <laughs> Matt Smith is the perfect guy to play Damon. I mean, that didn't that, expect that out of him. me either, man. No, I kind of did. Like when I heard he was cast, I was just like, he'll do it because there were times on Doctor Who where he really pulls off being that his his version of Doctor Who had his moments where he was mean. Sometimes he just had to be. Um. No, apparently Doctor Who stinks. I've never really watched it. I watched the really old ones. I watched Tom Baker. Yeah, that's what I watch. With the big scarf. Oh yeah, that's the one. I saw. He's the best dude. Curly hair. Big offers scarf, everybody hat. hat. Everybody offers everybody a jelly baby. There'll be a monster called, jelly baby. <laughs> He'll smack him out of his hand. He's like simple. No, what sufficed. <laughs> um, we should lean into favorite things because this is. You know, it's been a good show. Favorite things? Yes. Let's do it. So I'd read a Hayworth pulled up on my phone. She's hot. I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> I guess you can you can guess what movie I watched recently. Robocop. Sure did. It's fucking great. First time I've seen so it. First time I've seen it violent. uncut. Isn't it violent? One of the most violent things I've ever seen in my life. Where the guy gets dumped in the fucking chemicals and he gets run over and his head comes off. It's like that that part bothered me when I was a kid. It bothered me yeah. Friday. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I'd only seen the TBS version, which is severely edited. Well, they didn't show you when they blew his fucking arms off and shit. They didn't show him shooting the guy in the dick. I knew it existed. It's fucking great. <laughs> I love Robocop, man. One of Paul Verhoeven. It might be Paul Verhoeven's best movie. It's better than Total Recall. It's a good movie, too. Yes, it is a good movie. Also, it's really hyper... Also... <clears throat> Who knew it was such an accurate depiction of what Detroit was going to become? Well, do you know <laughs> You know how I talk about how all of our entertainment now 
seems like something from a dystopian movie 30 years ago. Yes. Oliver Entertainment seems like the stuff that was on fucking RoboCop TV. It does. You're right. You're absolutely correct. Just mindless It creeped me out. Yeah. It really I'd buy that for a dollar. Lisa Gibbons was in it. As one of the entertainers. The, uh, the rainforest nuclear power plant has gone, has melt, melted down. They says it, it'll be caused major ecological, experts say it'll cause major ecological, ecological, ecological damage. You know but, the talking bastard. But don't they always? <laughs> and then she just keeps going. You know what I mean? Like, they don't give a fuck. Yeah. It's insane. Um, it's, it's a very 80s Republican way of thinking, I'm, I'm afraid. Um, okay. What else has Paul Verhoeven done? I'm Total gonna, Recall. Watch all of his movies. He did Total Recall. Um, Are they all that insane? That was a major hit in America. Pretty much. Total Recall was every bit as violent as Robocop. Every bit. Um, my favorite thing this week, the first one I'm going to say, is John sent me a documentary, which I sent to you. And it talks about how it says men versus Superman when we were basically, it's a documentary saying Starship Troopers is really good. Yes, it is actually. People, people sleep. People sleep on that movie about how good Starship Basic Troopers is. Basic Instinct, damn. He directed Basic Instinct. Jesus, that was a good movie. Um, got to see uh, Sharon Stone's hoo ha. Oh yeah. Anyway, that documentary. Uh, talk about that a I'm not Cer- sure. If talk I- about a Cersei Lannister. We forgot Sharon Stone entirely. Sharon Stone from like 1995, brother. Fuck yes. Perfect. Doesn't get hotter. Perfect. It gets per- as hot. Perfect fucking Cersei Lannister. Because she can pull off the really unlikable thing. Sharon Stone is extremely unlikable in a lot of those movies. Um, there's a documentary, a 40-minute documentary I watched, and it is basically saying that it's a new theory that's been advanced. When We Were Prey, right? Right. I haven't watched it's it. It's a theory that's been advanced that at one point, Neanderthals, who are related to us, an earlier ancestor. Say we're mostly Neanderthal, me and you. We have more. Western Europeans have more than anybody. Um, but it manifests itself in weird ways. Like, yes, we, in some ways, shorter limbs, bigger frames. We do have more brute strength. But they were, they were also athletic and all these things. They, they, but they were. It's, it's weird because the documentary is goes back and forth. Anyway, at one point. When the you know the ice age was happening, you had the Neanderthals. Their main prey was mega mammals. We're talking; they ate not just mammoths and you know woolly rhinoceroses, which are larger than their much larger than their, than their current current day counterparts or or I'd say skin. Let's say they also ate cave bears, and they ate those were eleven feet tall, and cave lions. Those were. 1,100 pounds. They were larger. They were twice as large as a Siberian tiger. Holy vey. And they would eat them. And not only that, to eat them, you've got to kill them. They did not scavenge them. They killed them because it's been proven they needed so much. They had no vegetables in their diet. So scavenging meat doesn't have enough nutrients. Rotted meat has not nearly as much nutrients as fresh meat. So to, to fuel those massive, powerful, crazy bodies they had... They needed so many things. And this is going to fascinate you, I know, because you like this kind of stuff. And I do, too. Here's some of the things that Neanderthals had to have. The depiction we have of the kindly-looking Neanderthal who's smiling and all this thing is 
according to this, and I agree with this, complete bullshit is anthropomorphized. We want them to be we want them to be nice because they're part of us and they're a member of our family. Yes, that doesn't make them nice to be the, and they are at this point, the apex predator in Europe and even into the old Middle East, into the Levantine areas, what's known as the Mediterranean, where it meets Africa. They are not kind. They are not bumbling. They are not sweet. They are none of those things. They are savage motherfuckers that kill and eat cave lions. And they're not killing them from afar. They're killing them with short stabbing spears. And then they're taking chunks of this animal and they're shoving it into their mouth and tearing it with these giant teeth they have. Their teeth are gigantic. Their face was so much bigger than ours and stuff like that because they were shoving these things in their mouth to eat to get all these nutrients in because they're not getting it from anything else. This is going to make them faster, stronger, more savage. But they're also skilled. They're very smart. That's another thing. They're always depicted as dumb. They're not dumb. They're not maybe not as refined as we were even back then when we had a common ancestor we still had fur by the way and there's no way the neanderthals if we're being honest did not have fur they had to be furred they wore there's never been a conclusive proof that they ever wore any clothes they would find furs and skins around that doesn't mean they wore them there's no needle that they've ever found that they stitch clothes together they didn't do that and they're living in ice age places so and they didn't go above a certain parallel to go towards glacier so that means they didn't go into super cold areas so they didn't have clothes to protect them from that but they were also in cold enough areas where fur would have been a thing also humans having fur is a singular thing in all apes we're the only apes to not have fur we still have it but it's very small and also in usually in uh europeans it's thicker another neanderthal gene thing um and there's downy we have it downy on us that we don't see most of it. We're still furred, but just not like we were. A lot of reasons for that. This could be a whole podcast in and of itself. If you have to go to bed, we might want to put a pin in this one. Anyway, the whole theory states that we became what we were due to being the major being uh, predated upon by our own ancestor and our own family member. That we were a prime source of prey and a prime source of rape. Because not only would they kill the men right in front of it, right in front of their families and do all that shit, they're not men as we knew them. They would bury their dead and had some kind of stuff like that. But this whole thing, they threw flowers and stuff in. That's been proven. That's probably not it. They were probably brought in by rats afterwards that had pollen on their coats to get to get to the bodies. They did cave art and stuff like that. But they don't think like we did. It's just much more base, much more savage way of looking at things. Also, their muscles, their bones were 25 times more dense than ours. Jesus. The average Neanderthal child, a 10-year-old child, could kill any human being walking the planet right fucking now. I don't care what you're trained in. I box. He would rip my fucking hand off and eat it that, and because they were, they were matured that quickly. And a full-grown Neanderthal male... This was described by a scientist Could take an NFL linebacker And throw him through the fucking uprights That's how fucking strong they were Now imagine a group like that Killing fucking mega mammals Killing these things to eat And then they encounter a hominid species By the way they were, they were cannibalistic They would eat each other And did often Because they found bodies that are hacked To get the meat off And have 
been ripped by bone because they have these powerful they could they could bite into bones. That's how strong their jaws were. <laughs> this is all terrifying shit, man. Um, but it's really interesting. They saw us at first. We were gatherers, more more gatherers than hunters. We didn't have their savage nature. We were not apex predators. We usually ran from larger things. We probably had spears and things like that, but we were just not a match for anything. So we ate small mammals. We ate berries, fruits. It's probably scavenged a little bit, things like that. When the two species ran into each other, it was a war of extermination. They were trying to exterminate us for, because, A, there's a lot of – they chimps are extremely – they're our closest ancestor, and the Neanderthals were closer, I think, closer to them than we are by hair. They are extremely territorial. So that's the reason we tried to make many incursions into Europe. It did not happen because the Neanderthals would chase us out and eat us. So finally, there was another group of Neanderthals who moved into the Levantine area because they were running out of prey animals. Because because they were so successful, they're starting to kill off a lot of things they ate. So what's to eat? Well, those fuckers can't stop us. <laughs> what's eat them? And it's probably theorize that they didn't just kill us in mass because we weren't that good to eat. They would rather eat um, 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 a giant moose or a giant deer or something like that. Much more nutritious, probably more fun to kill, you know, things like that. They don't scream as much. Right. They don't blub. They don't fucking beg for their lives and all that shit. Um, but then they would also rape the women. So they would drag the women off and rape them. This guy, this guy, In this documentary, the guy describes from a child's eyes, what a raid by Neanderthals would look like. And by the way, all the depictions that we have of all the boogeymen that everybody in every culture on earth is depicted by look like the Neanderthals would have looked like in, in the reconstructions. I'll show you a picture about what the, one of the reconstructions of the Neanderthal looks like. It is fucking nightmare fuel, big, powerful, big eyes to see in the dark. They were, they were very likely uh, night hunters. For one thing, because their eyes are so big, they would be sensitive to light. So they would hunt in dark. They lived in the forest. They did not like to live out on the snowpack and stuff like that because it would burn their eyes and hurt their eyes. So they were night. See, they could see. They had night vision. So when the fires lit up and the fire catches their eyes, you see their eyes coming at you. Their eyes were likely slitted, like a cat's. You know, mm. I'm. I'll show you this picture, please. I sent it to Amanda, and it is fucking just absolutely horrifying. Um, but also, this shit is super interesting to me. It's a good book too. I watched it this evening. They lay out all their all the uh, all the theories, and there's that is one of the best ones. So they look like they look like a Sasquatch. Yeah, I'm thinking that that is where the Sasquatch myth, or not myth, but. It's, it's burned into our subconscious. The reason we want to believe it is because we still have that thing in us. See, here's the worst part. If we're getting down to the worst thing, not only with war of extermination, there is more uh, genetic diversity, racial, uh, we should say, you know, genetic diversity in a troop of chimps in Africa than there are in every species of human being across the planet. What does that mean? That means that at one point, the Neanderthals had driven us to 50 individuals. 50 individuals leaving are responsible for every human being on Earth. Jesus Christ. Yeah. 0.01%. We are all alike. So all this shit that we hear about all these different groups being different, better about this stuff, it's not really that possible. There's not enough diversity for us to be this much better and worse than each other. You know what I mean? It's all horse shit. So um, the thing that finally – they had won. They would have won had things not happened. But there was a giant 
explosion in Italy, and it killed most of their their prey animals. So they were starting to die off. Was it an explosion or was it a impact? It was an explosion. There was not a comet. It was a, it was a volcano. Okay, and it made most of their place uninhabitable. So then, by that time, though, the 50 people that were left had started to breed, and they had started to do these things that started to distinguish them. For one thing, they took to caves. They actually were cavemen. They went into caves in the mountains. There's these huge underground places in Turkey that they think a lot of them were built by cavemen to escape the Neanderthals. Neanderthals wouldn't have done well in caves. I mean, it's just not... For one thing, they're too big. They couldn't get through them. They built them small to accommodate us. The way the Neanderthals are described, he said they would have made a power lifter, a strongman, or a bodybuilder look weedy in comparison. That's how big and powerful they were. Even Not, Brock? Dude, way, I mean, twice his... twice. Bro, his, there's no way Brock doesn't have a significant amount of Neanderthals. Oh, of course he does. <laughs> you see some of these fuckers coming out of Ireland and places like that, they have it too. Um, and also uh, uh, Polynesian Islanders, you know, they have quite a bit of it. In Neanderthal them. or Neanderthal? Um, okay. I've heard both. They're both correct. That's what I figured. Um that he actually goes into that. Okay. Now we're going to go. They always told us that they were small, like big, wide, but short. Right. All, all, the, depi- all the depictions they have, all the depictions that they have are in, are inaccurate because as people do, we like to answer. We put, you can put pajamas on your dog. It does not make your dog a person. It makes your dog wearing pajamas. That's that way we try to do to Neanderthals. Aren't they cute? They're just like us. They're a little bit, Stronger and stuff than us, but we were just better than them. It's this human centric pointless point of looking at things as opposed to looking at it is we were an apex predator who were no match for them in any fucking way. We we couldn't even run as fast as them. We just had to be more elusive and squeeze into places they couldn't get us. Imagine a group of there was actually a few Neanderthals. They found one Neanderthal who was six feet tall. If you could imagine the terrifying, the terrifying, you're not going to find many depictions of them i mean because this is i a, keep finding like fake one like, exactly ones this, that look like shit exactly this is going to be this is actually it's called the np theory or the, have they not f- found any yet what fully like fully like frozen fl- in something well mostly because that's a good depiction that's not a bad depiction at all that's actually very that, that just looks like an actually idiot. that's in the book that guy said that that's in one of the oldest ones is one of the more one of the most accurate ones that's a human being that's not even a neanderthal that just looks like an indian yeah uh he's one of the probably one of the bell beaker people who were uh, an indian I thought you guys were all gone <laughs> what are you doing here <laughs> shopping at walmart um but and then we come where the separation why we, we became who we are to create any kind of major genetic change, it takes a couple of things. One of those things is, is a limited population. Another one of those things is environmental pressure. So if you have 50 individuals, and they're now trying to create things to distinguish themselves. <clears throat> things in a homo neanderthalus height, 5.4 to 5.5 male adult. That might be somewhat accurate but they're not but they're not depicting their width and strength you know for one thing they also walked walked hunched over that's another thing that's uh, that's what i'm getting to now the reason we have our we're uh, among the primates we're the only ones that walk like this the only one you know why because we like to have all of our vital organs exposed no (laughs) (laughs) it's because we need to start to figure out who the neanderthals were at distance 
because if they get close to you, you're dead. You can't get away from them. If you see them from a distance, you can escape. So one of the things was walking upright, they have a, they have a particular gait. For another thing, the, the, the thickness of the Neanderthal, the, the V-shape we have, they don't have that. Their whole body is muscled. Like they have thick waists, you know, all those things, just from, for sheer power. Like a strong man, you know what I mean? They're not built like a bodybuilder. They're built like a power lifter. They're extremely barrel built. That's what they were built like, only much larger and stronger. Another thing was the reason we're hairless is because Neanderthals were hairy. So there was a combination of things they think happened. One, um, that they that the men started to weed out, and women too started to weed out the Neanderthal children that were the hybrids. They would kill them. They would smother them, give them to the animals, whatever. And then they started to do this. And then as that species started to take off, the hair started to be a not desirable sexual trait. So then you're going to breed with people that are going to have that trait. And then you're going to create children like yourself. Simple, you know, genetics, simple, what do they call it? Uh, eugenics. They were practicing a primitive form of eugenics. You're not going to get it all out. And of course the people living closest to Neanderthals were Europeans. So we have the most Neanderthal blood. Um, it's a fascinating subject. It basically states that the reason we became human beings and became what we are and what we know and so much different is not some nebulous fucking just almost, you know, maybe we were just touched by – no, it's a predation theory. We were one of the most powerful uh, forces in nature is the predator-prey dynamic. The predator will evolve to catch the prey. The prey evolves to run from the predator. And also, the worst, the most savage competition is what's called guild competition, I think it's called. The, the most, Darwin said, the most savage and exterminating groups will be the ones closest related because they're competing for resources. They're competing also for mates sometimes, things like that. So they will and really try to wipe each other out. They try to wipe us out and almost had. And then they had a thing, unfortunate thing happened to them. If things had kept going their way, we would have, we would have gone out. So would, <clears throat> would all of this have ever happened if Neanderthals won? What, like with the world the we're living in? No. It would have just been completely no. different? No. It, it, they would have adapted in ways that were probably, for another thing, um, There's, I don't think there's ever been ever been any proof that they mastered sea travel. See, people think, well, they were in the British Isles. The British Isles were a part of the mainland at that point. The sea was much, there was, an, there was a glacier over most of it, and the sea was much less. So that's how they got to... Places like that, and they probably would have hung on for a lot for people a lot longer than people think they would have. And but by that man, man, that time man had won. We had become more warlike. We had become. That's another thing. Human beings, in a lot of ways, are the most warlike group of people. And one of the reasons we're warlike, and the other, it's always the other. You know, one of the reasons we're so bigoted sometimes is because of the Neanderthals. They look different. They're a different group. They must be threatening. We need to wipe them out because they'll wipe us out if they don't. That's the reason we're that way. Well, I mean, it's kind of in our DNA. Not it is really exactly what we can do about it's it. It's exactly in our DNA. The the depiction, the description of the raid by the Neanderthals on the on the human camp is one of the most terrifying things I've ever heard. It- because they'd walk right in. They would walk right in. You can't stop them. They're too strong for you. You can't. Sort of like them. the uh, the apocalypto. And then whenever those, way more savage than that. I'm sure that's that human was, being on human being. Yeah. We're talking about things that are bigger and stronger, faster than any human being can ever. I just recently saw Apocalypse. It's a good movie. I just want to let everybody know. It's not accurate at all. I'm sure it wasn't, but it's no. very good. I, I enjoyed it. 
I even read the captions. I loved it. Jaguar Paul. My favorite part of the movie, though, is when when they're he's running towards them, and they're turning around getting ready to fight him, and then they see pelting behind him a fucking giant jaguar, and they turn and start running too. <laughs> that one grabs the head and rips the guy's top of the head's guy's head off. Those things are fucking huge. People don't realize how big jaguars are. Third largest cat in the world, and we have them in America somewhere. Arizona sometimes. Uh, if we were to disappear, guessing in, Florida because they have they were up in the Carolinas at one point. They probably had made their way to. There's still wild horses down there too. Yeah, it's crazy. At one point, there were probably jaguars in West Virginia. I'm sure. If they're in the Carolinas, they're in they're in the Appalachian Mountains. Well, you're going to go where the prey is. Um, so that was my favorite thing is reading this book, and just getting my mind blown by all of it. Th- having this the assumptions I had that everybody person all the bullshit were fed. I thought all those just a those bumbling those bumbling old Neanderthals they were just good folks and they were they were this and they they're just a slightly less advanced group of people. No, in a sense, they were more advanced. They were apex predators. We were not. So. Give that give that documentary. I, think, I kind of think they have it right. I think that there's all the, all the evidence they lay out. Of course, I'm not trying to take anything completely on faith or anything. Or or it's in the middle somewhere. Were they furred? They said, "Well, we don't know that for sure, but probably they think." You know, um, you know, they're obviously trying to sell books as well. And since there's some sensationalism there, it's going to be. With any theory, you know, any scientific theory is has got a little bit of P.T. Barnum in it. You know what I mean? But that doesn't mean that it makes the things any less true. You know, you're just trying to sell them the most sensational way you can. So um, <laughs> it's not, it, the book is called Us Versus Them or Us and Them. And it just talks about how um, it's the whole the whole thing. I love the book. Um, the other thing is uh, – that's pretty been been. I'm mean, still learning Irish and boxing, you know, doing all those things. Um, I've reached the, uh, you know, you go through the curve where everything's great and you feel great about it, and then you go through it down because your your skills, you don't feel like that. You, you don't feel like they're where you want them to be. They're better than you ever put it. When, right when you start, there's a there's a meme like I'm in training for a week. I can beat everybody's ass in this place. You know, everybody kind of feels that in a, in a way because. That's part of the, the the part of the flow theory. You know, I'm learning new things, eating it up. But then you need to have another an, uh, another upswing where you're learning things. I'm, I'm coming on up at an upswing because I'm footwork's gotten real good. Kind of went through the same thing with <clears throat> disc golf last year. Mm-hmm. My first couple years, I kind of caught on quick, and I was able to beat my friends that have been playing longer. Right. About 20, 25, 30% of the time. Mm-hmm. Then the second year, I was up to about half the time I was maybe beating them, or at least getting close or tying or right. something like that. Finishing in the middle of the pack in, in tournaments and stuff. And then this past year, I was um, lower quadrant of the pack most of the time mm-hmm. in all the tournaments, and I suck shit. Because you've lost your, some of your uh, drive for it. And normal. Then we had a league up at Lake Stevens for seven weeks. And after the second week, I led the entire way. I was first place. Awesome. The entire way. But like I had the last three weeks, I had bad rounds. Mm -hmm. And my buddy William caught me in the last week. And he, and I finished second and got 50, 50 bucks. Mm -hmm. So not bad. Not angry about it, but. Um, I'm better than I was. So I can I can see an upswing coming this year. Hopefully. Yeah. Flow theory is a it, it's a it's a long game. You know, um, 
with boxing, my footwork was sparring. John used to be able to just pick me apart, and he still was able to. I'm not, you know, John can fight. I mean, he's he's long. He knows how to throw punches. He's not kicking me either. If he was kicking me, it'd be no ball game because you know kicks are so much more powerful. Um, my strength and my close game is I'd put mine up against most people. You know, there's going to be huge guys I can't fight, but even with them, I have a puncher's chance. You know, if I can land, you've seen me punch. A chin's a chin. If I can land one, I'll fuck you up real bad, especially with that uppercut. I mean, you saw me through the, oh, the uppercut on the punch, Bob. It, you know, knocked the thing. Um, and my, my cross and my hook are really fucking good. But, you know, we were sparring today, and I was, I, me being me, I didn't want to hurt anybody. So I was throwing my punches down. I wasn't aiming for his head. So I started aiming for here, and I actually made him back up and have to use his long game. Felt pretty good. You know, I, Felt that flow thing. It's like, okay, this is a new thing I've learned, a new skill. When when we're, you know, when we're fighting, I'm not down here throwing punches down here. I'm throwing one at his head, and I'm and I actually, you know, parried a few, and you know, slipped a few. You know, it's parrying and slipping are, you know, it's the best thing in the world knowing because when you now when I when I play box with people and stuff, I know what they're gonna do. You know, you just go like this, go like this, go like this. You know, roll, do, turn your shoulder. You know, you can do all those things because you've practiced them. I am serving two masters, which makes it bad because I'm still lifting weights like I was, and I'm boxing. So those two things kind of run into each other sometimes. I do these power drills to throw better punches. Those are demanding, and I'm doing them on my rest days. So you know that. You know how it is with weights. If you're really going at it hard and you're not getting that rest, you tend to stall some. So... My upper body is stalled because p- boxing is your upper body. Now, my lower body, my squat is, has been on a rampage because I just, you know, I'm focusing so much on it because most of your power comes from your legs and your hips. So in that sense, I'm getting better at it. Um, I love boxing. I love throwing punches. Um, also, to- until you have a fight schedule, don't ever tell me you have to train again. Until I, I see a, it, I until I see it- a poster... With you squaring off with another guy. Fuck you. You know what I mean, <laughs> asshole. <laughs> I just had to say it. I'm just, it's better than, I mean, it's the, sh- it's, it's the shorthand. It's not saying I'm trained. I'm not taking it that seriously. It's like, okay. For, I just had to say it. I'm for example, I know because you're rolling your eyes at it when I typed it. It's the shorthand. I'm just trying to tell you shorthand what's happening. Instead of, I'm going to go box and train, blah, 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 this like this I'm going like to boxing class. Okay, that's better, but it's, it's not necessarily more words. It's not necessarily. See, I'm trying to use shorthand with it. It's like when somebody uh, people call Americans out for saying I'm Irish. Well, you can say that amongst Americans because it's easier than just saying, "Well, I'm this and this." Nobody wants to hear that shit. They just want it quick. So just give them. You know, they know what you're talking about. I'm not being a, sniffing my own farts about it. I mean, I really try hard at it, and I work really hard at it. And has it become training yet? I mean, no, but. It's more than a class. It's less than training. Let's put it that way. Okay. From now on, write that. We call it cleaning. Yeah. <laughs> Trass. T-R-A-S-S. I got trash today. <laughs> You're such a cunt sometimes. <laughs> Making me feel like a dumbass because I'm... He's putting on hairs. Like, and, I'm, and that I really he thinks he's brand new. <laughs> he learned how to throw a punch. Now he thinks he's a shit. Not at all. And I also train. Uh, I never say I'm a boxer. 
I say I'm an enthusiastic amateur who's learning to box. You know, you're not a boxer unless you get a professional fight, in my opinion. So. You do amateur fights. But are they really boxers? I will call it's you an a, amateur fighter. I will. Well, amateur, some people, <clears throat> the Cubans have this program mm-hmm. where you stay an amateur until you can no longer fight because you can't come over here and fight right. unless you escape. So they're boxers that go to the Olympics every four years are their sports heroes and they're amateurs, but the communist government puts them up in nice houses. I hear what you're saying. Yeah. You know? Okay. And but a lot I'm of, saying, a lot of them could come over here and clean house. Of course. Cuban, Cuban fighters are better. They're, they're better because their movement is better. They're not sluggers. They're fighters. You know, it's starting. I'm starting to notice the, the differences in, in the way fighters fight. Like from different places, Ukrainian fighters are textbook, but they're going to knock your fucking block off. They can really hit. Mexicans they're, fight till they're burger. Yeah, um, Filipinos are great. I mean, they're just great fighters. They're like they'd rather be playing pool. They're like they, they're fighting. <laughs> they're like Cubans, kind of. It's weird because they fight similar. You know, um, at least to me, uh, I'm still an amateur even looking at it, but I'm able to. It's another flow thing to watch a fight and see what somebody's doing, or at least have a working knowledge of what they're, you know, you think you know what it's they're It's like doing. me watching football. I know sure what's happening. It's like when I was watching uh, Usyk fighting, and I was watching all the angles he was throwing at the guy, all the angles he was cutting. You know, he was really getting those angles, and he was landing all these great punches. And watching, uh, one of the, watching Tyson Fury be the fastest big man that has ever I mean his sheer ability to evade a punch at his size you know parrying you know getting out of the way you know fucking slipping sometimes a big a man that size slipping but it mostly he's a, he parries you know what I mean and then he'll just fucking knock your fucking dick off I mean he's a good fighter um he should he shouldn't have fought fucking uh he should have taken that fight with uh a little bit of with a little more serious. It was a little bit, a little bit more seriously. If he if he'd have really trained for that fight and, and trained for him, he'd have beat him. Because I can tell he'd you, beat this. his ass. <clears throat> I can tell you this: if he stepped in the octagon to fight Francis, it would not have been nearly as close as he'd the got, boxing match. He got massacred. He would have been thrown on his head in the first five seconds. Exactly. Oh, I'm you know I'm a boxing fan, and I'm going to be in Tyson Fury's corner. But truth is truth. Yeah, he did not prepare that. He is not the baddest man on the planet. He did not prepare for that fight. Well, in boxing, he is like had he, yeah. But that title shifted over to the, whoever the UFC heavyweight champion. Fair was. enough. Or John Jones, since John Jones keep keeps relinquishing the title. <laughs> John Jones is the baddest man on the planet. He's a, he's a great fighter. Um, but no, watching uh, watching Tyson is one of my joys. I love that style. I love that you can see every single one of his fights now just for free on YouTube. For Absolutely. so long, you could, you'd hope that they were on Wide mm-hmm. World of Sports or whatever. Watching him train now as an old man. Yeah, 56 I love old. that peekaboo style. That's something that I kind of try to do. I mean, because we're built similar, you know, so I'm just like, I don't have his power. Nobody does. But I'm, I've got power. So his power is absurd. It is. Um, I do do the crouch thing. One of my favorite things is do the crouch and throw the fucking hook. Come and just knock the when the punch bob's head snaps this way, you know that's that's a human being. That's you know you just blasted somebody's fucking skull off. So that's a great feeling. Um, but watching him do the drills and he's cutting the angles, and 
I do some of his footwork or, or, you know, very basic, not anything like he could do it. I mean, I've only been doing it for a year. You know what I mean? Like at, even five years for boxing is by the time you're five years, you're, you're functional. You can do better. Hope you started when you were 10. If you want, right. if you want to become a professional, right. There's no way I can be good. And th- my thing is power. Like I'm always trying to develop more power because I know where my wheelhouse is. I'm not going to be very elusive. That's just not my thing. Let's I can. Just, let's get you in a tough man. Give me a couple more years to train, then we'll get me in a tough man. Where you are right now, after I saw you throw those punches, I think maybe not a tough man because those are a lot of times those are amateur mm-hmm. fighters. Sure, maybe a rough and rowdy. Put you in the heavyweight class. You could fight my friend Howard. <laughs> Paparazzi, yeah. you could fight him, knock his block off. <laughs> then you could parlay that into an independent professional wrestling career. You could have him. You cut got it a, all mapped out. Have, have him cut a promo afterwards. We'll come into my world in the <laughs> yeah. squared circle, January 29th at the Marmette Recreational Center. <laughs> That's worth. That'd be the worst thing in my life ever. Aspiring to the Marmette Recreational Center. <laughs> 20 bucks, hot dog and a handshake. Fuck yes. Down for it. <laughs> no, um, but again, I, that's what I, I watch this one Russian fighter and it's all power training. And that's obviously what I've been working for because I can fucking knock the shit out of something. But I'm not going to ever be quick or that elusive. or It's just not in my, it's not in the cards for me. Well, if <clears throat> we're ever in a situation where you think something's going down, remember how you were always taught not to throw the first punch? Yeah. And then your dad would pull you aside and be like, if you think somebody's going to hit you, you absolutely throw the fucking first punch. Don't tell your mama said that. That speech was given to me, as I'm sure it was to you. Right. Well, no. I mean, I was never told. I was told not to fight. That's what I was told. I was not. Right. I was told if there's going to be a fight, you better win. Right. Not that I would be punished, but Mm -hmm. like, make sure you're going to win. Right. It doesn't matter what you have to do. Sure. Just win. And I wasn't in a lot. Most of the time it was with my brothers. Mm -hmm. So... That's some stiff competition, though. Yeah. I mean, I know that. God damn. Nathan, I'd hate to fight him. Jeez. He, if I could get inside on him and land one, I might be able to do something. But he he's not going to let me. Hits so hard. Yeah. Because he's so long and retarded. Mm. Like, and he enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so I had pretty good training. Just Well, he also had us in the backyard boxing because he boxed. Mm-hmm. Dad did. He had us in the backyard boxing. So you we, hit really hard as well. We knew a thing or two throw, about a thing or two. throw a really good punch. Um, but he said, don't ever let anybody hit you. That's insane. But don't tell your mama said that. Do not let anybody throw the first punch. If you think there's about to be something happen, you end it as quickly as possible or die trying. Don't die trying. But you know what I mean. Yeah, <laughs> I do, I do. Sort of like that. The one thing I would throw, if we were ever going to get into something, the first thing I'm going to throw, I'm not throwing at your head. Let's say we decide to go see the jerks, sure, at the parrot, mm-hmm. and some guy's cracking wise to some to some broad that we don't know, mm-hmm. but you can tell she doesn't like it, right? And you and I catch it out of the corner of our eyes. They're playing, I don't care, on the stage, and she's she gets mad, and tells her tells them to leave her alone, and he grabs her by the arm. Mm-hmm. What do we do? Well, I lay, I, I sit back in the cut and watch you work. <laughs> The first punch I'm going to throw is because everybody expects a punch to the head. That's not the punch you want to throw in a street fight. First punch you want to throw is right here or in the liver. So I hit, you remember when I hit the the Mm -hmm. bag like that and it just, you know, I'm throwing that one. 
if you hit him in the liver, because you hit somebody in the liver good and catch him in the right spot, their entire system shuts exactly. down. Exactly. And you don't really hurt him. Right. He'll, he'll recover in five exactly. minutes. Or in the solar fine. plexus right here. That's a great place to hit, too. Hit him right in the xiphoid process. Mm-hmm. Knock the, break it. Yeah. Break the xiphoid process. You don't need it anyway. You'll. I don't know what happens to the bone after it gets broke off. It, it kind of floats around until the rest of the body can Which is hilarious. Um, yeah. I'll let you work. And if that doesn't work, then we're in trouble. Sure. Because I'm pulling out a knife. <laughs> I like how it went from zero to 60. I, my hands. <laughs> I'm not trying to break my hand on some idiot's skull. Right. I'm stabbing him. Well, okay. Box cutter. I should say, I should say what I, it'd probably go out to instinct. So what I would throw, I like to, I I would like to keep it to the one, but I'm probably going to give him a two piece. So I'm going to throw the first one to the liver and then I'm going to roll and hit him and then crack him in the temple. Boom, boom. What about the soda? You'll come with the soda, two piece and a soda. (laughs) Just the two. Where's the biscuit? (laughs) Have you seen the biscuit song? No. Oh God. Anywho. um, No, I mean, I, I train on the punch bob to for those power shots. Bang bang. You do Just, what? I train on the punch bob. <laughs> I work on the punch bob, you fucking <laughs> asshole. <laughs> okay. I love it. You can I'll call lifting weights training, things like that. Work well, is it better to say working out? I guess. I don't know. I don't really care. I know you don't care. I just wanted to make you feel like a dick. <laughs> such a fucking it worked. It really did. You knew that was going to happen too. Um, I've been planning this since you sent me that text. <laughs> Train. What? The fucking what Roberto Duran. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Um, another thing, my other favorite thing <laughs> is uh, I was scouting around for new music and I found a, a couple of chick bands I really like. One of them is the Dolly Rots and they do a cover they of, do lots of covers either. yeah but they the one of the best ones they do is stay by lisa Loeb. oh that's awesome punch it up i mean it just it's a, how much of it we can play uh i don't man we haven't had one taken down in a while sometimes they retroactively take them down sure it's kind of fun um and then there's another group that i absolutely love called the anti-queens they have two of the best songs i've heard punk songs i've heard in a long time also i uh, found a punk factoid you know why the ramones are called the ramones because uh, of Razor Ramon? No. Damn it. Because Paul McCartney would check into a hotel under the name Paul Ramon. That's so they, good. Yeah. Can they, and they're huge Beatles fans. The Ramones are massive You can Beatles tell by fans. their music. Yeah. It's just sped up Beatles songs. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. It's sped up early Beatles songs. Mm-hmm. All right. Stay, I Missed You by the Dolly Rots. You say. She's got a really good voice, too. What I want to. She really sounds like her, actually. I'm guessing this picks up the pace because they're a punk band. It does. It. There it comes. There we go. I like it. It's lovable. Absolutely lovable. Great song, you know. Um, but then, punch up this one. There is a song by by the Anti-Queens called um, 
get it on my music. I got a playlist called All Punk All the Time. Every time I find a new punk song, I like to put it on there. It's like five hours long now. Worse Than Death. Seven thousand seven hundred thirty-three monthly listeners. That a lot? No, no. That's middle of the road. That's crazy. Because they're a good band. There's a glut of good bands. I know, but punk is kind of an untapped market right now. There's not a lot of people doing a lot with it. I love the chorus on it. It's just. A little major to minor there. I like it. There's only two people in this band. Uh-uh. On the video, there's four. We probably hired some people to play in the video. I like her. Again, the Joan Jet. You know, I described them when I first heard them. It's like it's like. Joan Jett, uh, Brody Dale, Brenna Red, and the Bomb Pops all had their DNA combined in a super collider, and then the ensuing infants were doused in Chemical X. I mean, that's what they sound like to me. They've got, they're just, they're as, as good a punk band as I've heard lately, you know, and um, went on a big Descendants kick. Um, one of their best songs is Thank You, if you've ever heard that song. It's a great fucking tune. I mean, it's just the Descendants have they're responsible for pretty much all the pop punk, all of it. I mean, bad religion to a smaller degree, but bad religion went another way. You know, they're they they still play. There's only one original member, but they still play and they're still awesome. Everybody loves bad religion. I'm a huge bad religion fan. I was a bad religion fan for as a punk fan, you know, but the Descendants, I watched the I'd watched the documentary about them. They have all the they they put age on everything like one of their songs is called bikeage another song is called myage another song is called uh coolage you know it's just punk south socal punk talk you know what i mean the name of the documentary was filmage and they were just talk about the, the band the whole time and how um it's really interesting because milo the guy with the glasses you know we all know him from descendants and he's in the 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 logo you know mm-hmm. that's who that's based on um, he actually quit and went to college. So then they had the last album with him was called Milo Goes to College. I think right, I mean, well, might have done one after. I'm, I need to get back up on it because that's something you should know. Then the drummer, who was pretty much the driving force behind the band, went and formed Black Flag. And you know he's responsible for pretty much all modern punk. It seems to me with the Misfits, of course, and people like that. But I'm not that big of a Misfits fan. I think they're pretty. I think they're good. There's a very good Misfits song. Where Eagles Dare is a great fucking song. Um, Last Caress is a great song And Hybrid Moments are all three great songs And they have some other tunes without Glenn Danzig That I would consider good punk tunes But I'm not a massive That's not my style of punk I'm, I'm a SoCal punk guy I mean I've just gravitated towards that uh, I didn't choose that It's just like well that's what I like You know find, come to find out Other than the Ramones um, who New York of course um, And uh you know, he quit, and then they, they had another band form called All. And All had a bunch of really good fucking songs. And one singer sounds like Brian Adams, kind of, only a more, even more gravelly Brian Adams. And that's just punk and pop and just a good rock tune really intersect. I was trying to explain this to 
somebody I was trying to exp- explain punk to. She's like, what's the difference? I was like, here's the difference. This is punk, and I would send them videos. I was like, now, listen to this song and imagine an 80s rock tune. It's like 80s rock tunes are punk tunes in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. Sometimes softer, they sometimes dial it back. Fucking Billy Idol's music is nothing but punk tunes that are dialed back some. Mm-hmm. You know, and he was a punk guy before he became Billy Idol. You know what I mean? So, you know, and I just love, I almost like the songs from all more than I like the songs from Descendants. I don't because there's so many good Descendants songs, but there's lots of good all songs. And apparently that's a big faux pas. You can't say you like all more than you like the Descendants. That's mm-hmm. one of those things that punk fans are like, you know, but there's so many people who have Milo with the, all guy on because they're an all logo too and it looks it's another little character and they'll have them tattooed together because they love both the bands really good man i mean i'm you know i go through my spurts where i listen to the same stuff for six months or so and then i'll find new stuff and i'll get really enthusiastic about it and it'll take me back through my catalog of things i've, I've liked and i'll just start listening to them again start listening more bad cop bad cop again love that band um the bomb pops which i love them but they're Jen Razavi or Ravazi, I can't remember her last name. She's the the one girl Polly Van Dam quit. And I feel it only really works with them. Like they were just so such a good dynamic. You know, the dark headed pretty girl, the blonde pretty girl. One of them had a slightly deeper register. But they both they sing pretty good and they had got really good harmonies. You know, it's great music. I mean, just a nice So did little, they replace the one that quit or they tried and they're still touring as the bomb pops, but you're gonna have that situation where everybody's gonna you know, say that's not really the bomb pops. I'm not going to say that because I don't want to be that guy. I fucking hate that shit, especially when people are like Pink Floyd without Roger Waters and Pink Floyd's like bull fucking shit. It's not. They had just as many good tunes with David Gilmore as they ever had with fucking Roger Waters. You know, Roger Waters is responsible for the fucking wall. Great. I love the wall. It's one of the most seminal fucking events in music ever. But that doesn't make the rest of Pink Floyd's catalog not good. You know, really one of the only bands I get pissed off about that tours still to this day. And the the guy that wrote all the songs doesn't tour with them. He might write. He he might be in there uh, if they record an album. I'm sure he. I, d- I doubt they're recording anything anytime soon. But it's the Beach Boys. Yeah, it pisses me off to know. There was the Full House Beach Boys who aren't the Beach Boys. That's not the Beach Boys. Brian Wilson is the Beach. Is Boys. the Beach Boys? I was. I see. I agree with that one. Because that is something that became that was something that started out as like bubble gum, and then it shifted into something so much bigger. Which drove oh, which so, drove so. him crazy. Yeah. But his sheer genius is what drove him crazy. And then you had a band that said, well, we want to still want to make money, so we're just going to ice him out or whatever. Or maybe he quit. And then we're going to keep touring on it and, and keep touring on this bubblegum shit, and we're going to get Uncle Jesse to come on with us and play a bunch of bullshit. That I agree with. That he, is bullshit. He toured with them before he was Uncle Jesse as the drummer. Fair enough. It still sucks. I'm not hating John Stamos. I don't even hate... Kokomo era Beach Boys. No, Kokomo is a good tune. It's a fine song. Yes, but does Brian what it needs Wilson to do. Yeah, he made animal them. sounds. <laughs> he pushed them to a different thing. Yeah, to where the Beatles were like, "Hey, wait a goddamn minute!" They made the White Album. That's in, our thing. They made that the the White Album in response. To no, they sounds. made, or was it the other way around? They made Sergeant Pepper in response to uh, animal sounds. pet sounds. Pet sounds. That's what it is. Right. Because Paul McCartney was interviewed. He said, what's the greatest album of all time? He said, Pet Sounds. Pet Sounds, I mean. It, we were just four boys, but Pet Sounds is great. It's <laughs> listened to it recently. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah. And 
he wrote every bit of it, arranged every bit of it, had the fucking wrecking crew in there playing all the music, mm-hmm. and just brought the rest of the Beach Boys in to do their harmonies. I get the fuck out of here. Shit. I need to see that movie. He did that while they were on tour. That's crazy. He, I need to see he that He did not movie. go on tour. Oh, watch. The one with John Cusack? Yeah. Is it good? It's the best uh, music biopic. Really? Yeah. That's a strong statement. Mm-hmm. Well, it's because they all fucking suck. Well, no, there's a couple good ones. La Bamba is a good movie. Well, here's the problem. After seeing Walk Hard, they all do the thing. <laughs> they, they all do the thing that Walk Hard made fun of. Yeah. You don't and, want to be part of this. And they still do it. Yeah. After Walk Hard came out. Like, why aren't you guys watching Walk Hard? Right. There's this one moment in every scene where they, they all get this inspiration. Like, he hears, like, a train going by. Like, Oh, I got it. We stomp on the floor. <laughs> boom, boom, cha. Boom, boom, cha. And I kind of talk over <laughs> top of it. Daddy, you're a boy. You're a big boy. Yeah. And, th- and that's like, that, that's going to be our biggest hit. They did that on fucking, uh, on Weird, the one where Daniel Radcliffe played fucking I haven't weird. seen that yet. Dude, the, have you not seen the fucking, have you seen the trailer? I haven't seen, I've seen the trailer, but I just haven't watched it. It's so fucking funny, dude. Just the, the, the scene where he's just like, he looks at the baloney. He's like, my bologna. And they're all like, I just got chills, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> making fun of how ridiculous it is. It's all ridiculous. Like there's uh, this traumatic moment that happens at the beginning of all their lives. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure those did happen. But the one about, I'm sure it's the one so about tr- Elton so John's good, but yeah. I haven't seen it. Taylor Edgerton apparently apparently did a really good job. He might be up for Wolverine next. Um, He's apparently going to be in Deadpool. Too. But the one about Queen, Bohemian Rhapsody, is literally walk hard. I haven't seen it either, but from what I understand, the remaining members of Queen got final say on the script, and it makes them all look great and makes Freddie look like a dick. Which I'm sure Freddie was a dick, sure. but I'm pretty sure Brian May was a bit of a cunt every now and then himself. Oh, absolutely. Like, come on. I mean, and apparently it's just one big long music video. They just play the songs. I mean, that's fine, but that's across the universe. That's not, you know. Yeah, across the universe is a cool movie. Yeah, but it's just it's a musical, so that we're doing some things. We're having right. some liberties, different versions of the songs. That's fun. I enjoyed it. See, that's in a sense. That's I think it's weird that somebody who's so well at least I can consider myself cerebral with a lot of things um, gravitated towards punk because I didn't want to think about it anymore. Like I just wanted to hear a tune and be happy and and get the same things out of that that I got out of metal. But metal to me had gotten so fucking unbearable. Like thrash especially. Pantera almost single handedly killed thrash for me. Because you had a bunch of people sitting around pretending that what they were hearing was good, and it wasn't. The Great Southern Trend Kill is one of the worst fucking things I've ever heard in my life. It's awful. Their first three albums are good. Cowboys from Hell is a good album. Uh, Vulgar Display of Power is an excellent fucking album. Um, Far Beyond Driven, again, another great album. But then they're just like, we're not going to sell out. Like, okay, great. But you're just going to go heavier until you have nothing melodic to say, until your songs are just grinding and all all you want to hear is screaming and fuck. I don't want to hear that bullshit. I'm si- And I also, seven years ago, you were a hair metal band. You were like, oh, yeah. Right, you right. And, and, and it's just, and, and the metal nowadays, I just find it 
fucking obnoxious. Like I, I can't do every time I, I see a, a video or somebody working out with something like screaming all that shit, I can't fucking stand it. I was like, how the fuck do you listen to that and concentrate and even have a good time? Lifting should be a joyous thing in a lot of ways. It should be almost like you feel like dancing. That's to me though. People are different. I'm not saying that that's an absolute. I'm saying that's for me. They may like that music and that's good for them. They may hate mine. Probably do. Lots of people do. I've tried, I've tried, I've played punk for people. They don't like it. You know, like, okay, that's fine. I don't give a shit. You know, and it's, you know, John likes his particular style of hip hop. I do not like it. I mean, I just don't. Um, but he really likes it. That doesn't make him incorrect. It doesn't make me correct. You know what I mean? But I just, oh, there's some people I feel are incorrect. I feel like, why would you listen to Creed? When STP and Pearl Jam are right there. Right. And the songs are better. Why would you ever listen to Cardi B? Why would you ever listen to any fucking thing she's ever put out? It's the most b- biggest pile of garbage I've ever heard in my fucking life. It's just fucking noises. Have you seen the Star Wars video I sent you where it showed as Cardi B's oh, yeah. noises? It's the funniest fucking thing ever because she's such a piece of trash. And her and fucking Megan the Stallion. and It's fucking garbage. Megan the Stallion's hot, though. They're She's all like eleven feet tall. They're all pretty women. That's that's not a thing. I'm just saying they can be pretty. That doesn't mean they need to make music but or whatever have, they're calling it. You have Lady Gaga, who's like, she's fucking amazing. She's like a virtuoso. Yes. In all these instruments. She's tremendous. Oh, well, maybe I'm being a little bit strong when I say virtuoso, mm-hmm. but she can play. She yeah. can write. Right. Uh, you got Lana Del Rey, who can play and who right. can write, who can sing. This hip hop I've heard. The, the songs I've heard on the on the. Uh, have you heard? Have we talked about the songs they have on the uh, the Spider Man soundtracks? No, um, those will definitely get us taken down. You think? Oh, even yeah. even playing a snippet, probably. Okay, I'll play it to you after. There's a song called Self Love, and it's I love it. It's, it's dreamy in a way, and it's good hip hop. Like it puts me in mind. There's another one called Mona Lisa. It's sampled and stuff like that, but it's it's talent. It's also auto tuned. I know it is. It doesn't really bother me because. I got a, I got a, something to tell you. Go, go ahead. Every piece of mainstream music that it's you've heard auto-tuned. for the last 25 years has been auto-tuned. Has been auto-tuned. Fair enough. And I don't really think there's anything too wrong with it. Because mm-hmm. you can kill yourself, not kill yourself, but you could really kill your voice trying to get a perfect take. Right. And if you have to sing the song over and over and over and over again, as long as you got the emotion and they have to bump it up a quarter mm-hmm. of a fucking... But at least it's not it's not Randy Marsh being Lord. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> They can do that. <laughs> Lord, Lord, Lord. <laughs> the one thing I don't like that they do is they'll get the main vocal and then they'll just pitch it up and do the harmonies That's instead of singing the harmonies over. So right. every, everything has the same timbre. Uh-huh. Every, like It's the same performance. They just pitch it up and do the harmonies. I don't enjoy that. Unless that's like the sound. Unless it's, unless you're doing some weird like fucking techno new Dream wave pop kind of thing. type thing yeah that kind and, of stuff and you like. want it to sound weird mm-hmm. you could even bump the file up a little bit to where it sounds like there's layers and everything right we kind of did that but i'm thinking we're going to undo it but that's no uh, there's nothing wrong with that like I, there's when you hear these songs you'll know what i'm talking about there's a dream quality to it there's a real i don't know man it's lo-fi kind of it's hard to explain. When you hear them, you'll know what I'm talking about. Like, especially self-love. That song is just a girl saying, and then they're snapping, and then it's got like this thing over it. And it's just, for one thing, the Spider-Verse movies, if that if Across the Spider-Verse didn't win the Oscar for Best Animated Feature, it's fucking got robbed. Um, and it's, this music is so fucking great behind it. To me, that's where hip-hop needs to be. 
Because those songs, to my knowledge, aren't played on the radio. They're playing WAP, and they're playing that fucking shit. It's garbage. I'm sure if you dig in on like Sirius or whatever, it's getting played there. I I would hope, because you'll know what I'm talking about when I play it. But um, Really, what er, everything's getting pl- played off of TikTok now. There's really no radio to speak of anymore. Yeah, I mean it's it's a it's a change. It's not necessarily a good good or bad. It's just a thing. But uh, other than that, okay, that's pretty much all my my favorite things. You know, my favorite things is something I sent you yesterday. Oh, the uh, the <laughs> the music video. That's it's accurate. Yeah, it's very accurate. I'm going to play it for everybody right now. Hopefully, it won't get us taken down. I wouldn't think so. the dreamy thing. They kick it into gear though, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> That's so true. it is they're depicting all the kids singing the song as being teenagers that's our age you well know. yeah well i mean like maybe they had good parents fair enough that showed them good things mm-hmm. you know my childhood died when luke skywalker died from being tired. my childhood became a lie when luke skywalker <laughs> died, died from, from being, being tired. tired never thought of it that way and i was like oh my god that is why he, he just fucking disappeared the uh the cracks have now started to appear and they're losing i mean it's really happening now like well, they just announced like a Ray trilogy, a new Ray trilogy. That's already being. And, they're, and everybody's like, no. That's already being rethought. Stop it. It's already being rethought. I'd rather see like the fucking Benioff and Weiss do their fucking Star Wars trilogy than to see another fucking Ray trilogy. We know what they did with some fucking good source material. The They're already not going to do that, I don't think. And uh, the, the Snow White thing, they're not doing it. It's over. Yeah. That. What's hilarious about that? It was single-handedly killed by one person. They, but it wasn't her fault. I don't I don't think it's her fault. No, I don't think it's her fault either. Because they told her to do that. Yeah, of course. So, But I think what really fucked it was Peter Dinklage 
talking about how it, like a year before they even started making it, like also we're going to have dwarves living in a little cave, it, like talking shit about it, it's and like, then and then so they hired regular tall actors, and then to play the dwarves, and there's like video of them like marching with her, and 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 it's like like what the fuck, and then people bitched about that, and so they change them to C- CGI little people again. Like you're fucking it, you're fucking it up. It didn't need to be redone. No, and then she had to go out. See, I don't understand why that that shows you where where the mind was at Disney is that they're shitting on the thing that built the company. They're shitting on the very thing that S- Snow White was built. Disney was built on the back of Snow White. Fuck Mickey Mouse. Snow White is what built that fucking company. It it, it brought the receipts. It put the asses in the seats. Mickey Mouse is a logo. He's he does. He did cartoons. Nobody gives a fuck. But when you're building, when you're making, not only Snow White, Sleeping Beauty, Cinderella, all these fucking movies that are putting asses in the seats. You know why? Because they're good fucking movies. You can go back and objectively watch Snow White. It is a good fucking film. It really is. Um, They used to care about story. They used to care about stuff. Don't anymore. Don't. And that is starting to collapse. It cannot sustain itself. It is going to call it, but now it's going hyper collapse because we're living in a hyper world. It would have, it would last ten more years had we lived in in the past. It's not happening that way. Now it's happening much faster. That's one of the only benefits about living in the world we're living in is now things are on the, on the on the on the. They listen to eleven people on Twitter and not all the people that stop going to see their things. Exactly. There's a good series on Film Threat YouTube, The D Files. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Gore, that's his site. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been in touch with some people that are working at Disney and they're talking about sort of a soft coup that's happening in there. Nice. There's multiple articles and there's multiple videos about it. They need to have somebody stand up to Kathleen Kennedy and be like, you are fucking everything. You have destroyed all of these fucking properties. None of this is good. You know, and it's just, I don't know, man. I mean, I wanted to like it too. I really did. I did like The Force Awakens, but it was just, but then upon the second rewatch, you're like, they just repackaged it. Exactly. But I will tell you this. They did repackage it, and the actors are good. Mm-hmm. Daisy Ridley's a good actress. There's nothing wrong with Daisy Ridley. Um, fucking Adam Drivers, we know he's got the chops. He's a tremendous actor. By the way, he waged a soft war on Star Wars too. Mm-hmm. He basically said, it's crap. I'm not coming back and doing any of it. Because um, he said they destroyed the character arc. They were going to have him be the absolute fall, not the redemption arc. He was going to fall, you know. And that's much more interesting. It is. Um, because then you can bring him back. If you want to do a redemption arc with him later, but you have to have him kind of win. You know what I mean? It's it's like, that's a very, that's a tightrope to walk. And a, and a good writer could have written it, but they didn't have good writers. They had a movie that could have been carried, you know, the Force Awakens, had they done it right, would have been the worst one, right? But it would have carried. You could have made good films out of the subsequent sequels, really good films. To watch Mark Hamill's face as they're completely killing Luke Skywalker is one of the most sad things ever. You can see it in interviews. He's got this blank look on his face. He's trying to go along with it, and he's being like, you know, I don't like this, I don't get this. But then they're just basically bullying him into it. You know what I mean? Mark Hamill to me, is one of the most unsung guys ever in Hollywood. He's always just been Luke Skywalker. That's not fair. He's so much more than that. For one thing, he's the best Joker there ever was. Hands down. Don't care what anybody says. Um, 
what really tips this off is I started watching, I'll do this every now and then, I'll pick an old sitcom and start to go through it. I started watching Eight is Enough. He's in the first episode of Eight is Enough. Really? Yes. And then he was recast because that came out in like April or something, 1977. Star Wars came out in May. So by that time, he was a, f- they knew we're going to have to recast this guy. This kid's going to be a star, you know? And, or they might have thought, well, this kid chose to do this sci-fi movie over us we're just gonna you know whatever happened he wasn't coming back so they recast him he was good and aged enough like all the best scenes that are in that you don't you forget how good of an actor mark hamill really is and always has been and i don't remember him from anything but star wars and batman isn't that crazy it is is it because his face got fucked up in that motorcycle accident or something yeah he got he took uh he was like really handsome in um, in Star Wars, and then you could tell he he got a lot of damage done before the Empire Strikes Back, and then it's he was still young, so those things have a tendency to set in after you get older. So you know, he was also in Wizards, which is a the Ralph Bakshi old cartoon I have, which is a complete piece of garbage, um, but I like it, you know, because it's a it's a nineteen seventy six. Um, I also bought Heavy Metal for $5 when it was on sale. If you've never watched, sat down watch oh, it. Definitely. It's fucking great, dude. I love that movie. Anyway, that's it. Sorry. Uh, that, I don't really have anything else in the, that. Coming in second in my disc golf league. Um, Going to continue to try to record music. Yeah, I'm anxious to hear it. Mixing is so hard. It would be like probably the most sloggy version. It's so easy to just record the tracks and then you got to make them sound good right that's so hard so we're going to take a break from mixing you're just going to make music we're just going to record then next time we go there and try to get another song at least started i like that you guys are still making progress i mean that's you know well i get a feeling it's going to be a lot easier um because we're learning so much just from doing it We've gone on two years, and we've only put out one thing so far. Well, I mean, come on, man. Albums. Got a bunch of them started, but none of them are mixed. They're complete songs, but none mm-hmm. of them are mixed. I look at it this way. I, you know, completing things is great. It really is. I, and I hope this doesn't sound like a cop-out, because I don't feel it is. I've done lots of creative things. I don't feel like I've failed completely just because I haven't finished a lot of them. I'm still created something, still, still done something that, you know, the things I've, I've finished, I feel if I ever went through the hoops to have them published or something that would do well, you know, you see what I'm saying? Like that doesn't make into creativity any less. Or I, I, I do think that we we're hung up on the end product sometimes as opposed to the creative process is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Well, well, the songs are already written. I guess the creative process extends to the mixing and mastering sure. and all that stuff. Yeah. And we're coming into it not really knowing a lot about either. Right. And learning on the fly. Right. It would be difficult. And not really having any money to pay any other people to do it. But I think that's part of it. I think that's why you do it. Anyway. I'm tired. Me too. I need to go to bed. Yeah. Thanks for listening. It's been a long one. It's been a long one. But a good one, I feel. Go forth and fuck yourselves. Where's... Oh, fuck my ass. Where's the fucking...
I'll find it. Don't worry. Oh, I got Marcy Playground on here. It's kind of cool. Oh, shit. They were so much more than Sex and Candy. They're, that album's very good. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye.